some color. Hello, everybody. I am Joe Doves. I'm Zach. And this is episode six of Getting Some Color, where we talk everything about wrestling from AEW to WWE. I almost said WWF, the old school, but WWE, uh, NWA, and probably that's it. <laughs> we don't we don't go into the New Japan era or anything. Only if it's interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of news has happened. I know me and Zach are kind of behind on NWA power for now. But I heard the last episode was a, uh, a recap because, you know, obviously with the Cornette thing, which we will talk about in a few, um, they have to get a new announcer before you get uh, into the fire pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... AEW is starting to get a little weird. So a lot of focus has been going into WWE lately, but on the NXT brand. Um, SmackDown and Raw is still shit. The only reason why it was interesting the past few weeks is because NXT was in it because of the pay-per-view Survivor Series, which we will be reviewing that and War Games. So... um, I, uh, let's get right into it. So I sent. Nice. I had to open that monster. I'm ready. <laughs> Did you open up two? No, just one. Oh. It was like crack, and then it was halfway open. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. What are you, dead stranding in it? <laughs> yeah, I pulled a Sam. I'm going to chug like three monsters. <laughs> but anyway, I sent Zach and. I don't think this was part of... I mean, it probably was a main reason, too, but the the most reason why probably Jim Cornette got fired was the comment that he made on the program, which was... Um, what was the wrestler he said? Just strap a, <laughs> a bucket of chicken. Uh, it was uh, Trevor Murdoch. He said, Trevor Murdoch is so tough. I'll go ahead and say it because I know it's it's a joke. It's a joke from the eighties, mm-hmm. and it wasn't racist. The joke was about famine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said Trevor Murdoch is so tough he could go across Ethiopia on a motor scooter with a bucket of fried chicken on his back. Mm-hmm. And I can see why some people who are overly sensitive and freak out. You know that's how today is. Oh my God, that's racist. But it wasn't a racist joke. It was. The context was from the 80s when Ethiopia was having starvation issues. Mm-hmm. It was about famine. He said that joke about um, Big Boss Man, or as he was known in uh, Jim Crockett promotions back then, Big Bubba Rogers. Mm-hmm. The, the bodyguard guy that was like fucking invulnerable, it seemed like. Yeah, it's just the joke was a little too late. And... Um... I sent the message to Zach and I said, uh-oh, somebody found a clip of Coronate saying the N-word. And I think I think it was a hit job. I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point because I don't think NWA said anything about the clip of him saying the N-word. And did Coronate say on his show about somebody found a clip of him saying the N-word? No, that never gained traction at all, it seems like. Nobody reported on that at all. It's mm. just like something some people on Twitter found and like on a couple websites it got brought up, but that was it. 
Yeah, and it's funny because I rem- the person that tweeted it also was the person that tweeted about the 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 joke. So I think it was a hit job. It was literally a hit job. Even though he said he's a Jim Cornette fan, he's not a Jim Cornette fan. I'm sorry. And the, the, yeah, it seems like they're purposefully trying to get him in fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting what Jim Cornette said on the show because I know the main thing he talked about was, you know, Dave Lagana. I think is like one of the head people in NWA. Yeah. said to Jim Cornette that hey that's not a good joke and like Jim Cornette said alright we'll take it out and they just never took it out I mean apparently what he said the way he said it was um, they had all the time in the world to take it out and nobody picked up on the joke mm-hmm. like they, like they it had, the show had already been edited and all that shit nobody picked up on it it was only after the show aired and then people started bitching on Twitter or whatever that they, wait, what? And then they, they saw that, oh my god, that joke's kind of off color. <laughs> yeah, I actually got into some Twitter fights with people because people were like, after they finally got Jim Cornette to get fired and cancel him, sort of say, um, yeah. people were happy. And then instead of being happy and being happy that the person that they got canceled, they're like, well, what about NWA people who didn't edit it properly properly and i said what now you're gonna cancel the editors i'm like dude we're human we we make mistakes try sitting down with an hour uh, maybe an hour and a half foot of uh full of footage and trying to cut everything and putting those com- like those funny commercials in there uh all the cuts that probably had to uh get taken out by Dave Lagana. If anything, it was probably Dave Lagana, who I think is a producer. I'm not too sure about that, but yeah. <laughs> but like, don't be firing people just because they made a mistake. Yeah, they do. Everybody, it's like that wants to do that scorched earth shit, or they want to fire everybody involved, and it's it's stupid. Mm-hmm. And like, <clears throat> I agree with what you're saying. It's like you 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 get into editing so much, especially really long things like that. So you're, you're talking about like a a 45 to minute to hour long program. Mm-hmm. And think about all the episodes they've been editing because this shit's pre-taped. So really they're editing like several hours worth of footage. And like, they were like, oh, it's their job. I'm like, I'm like, okay, what happens if I go to your job and something like somebody says something stupid, but because you were on shift, I should fire you. You should be fired too, because you should have told that guy not to say it. And I'm yeah. And and they're like, well, you know, I'm not in that position. I'm like, bullshit. Until it happens to you, just keep your fucking mouth shut. And <laughs> I got uh, banned for like twelve hours on Twitter because they all reported me. Oh God, fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. You can't live in this world without having forgiveness. Otherwise, it's like it's just retarded. It's like uh, mistakes were made. I, honestly, it, it, judging from the story that was told, it seemed like nobody even thought all oh, the joke was off color. Anyway, be honest, they probably laughed at it mm-hmm. because they probably got they were all old enough to probably get the humor of it. It was like, oh, remember Ethiopia used to deal with starvation. That's that's what immediately that's where my head was at when I heard the joke. 
And there was I, I don't know. I read I read history. I know about history and stuff. <laughs> and there was a lot of like on Twitter and other social media, a lot of black people that were like, "Man, I was disappointed in him saying the n word, but he's still a really good commentator. He knows the business." So like. This is going to sound fucked up to say, but everybody's racist. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you you might say something a little racy here or there. And as long as you're not fucking killing people, (laughs) I think... I'm not not saying, hey, you should be able to say these words. But people act like they're angels. Like they never said it before. Bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's said some kind of racial epithet at some point or mm-hmm. something or whatever it's no we're none of nobody condones racism here at all no i'm just saying that nobody's <laughs> nobody's perfect is what i'm trying yeah. to say right and i i think what really hurt Cornette uh in the long run and i get it that like people need to be stop being snowflakes and all that stuff but um Cornette has a thing of when something's stupid, my thing is, like, me and you, when we say something is stupid, we go, oh, that's fucking stupid. In the end. Cornette takes it to a whole new level. Because he's an entertainer, he has to go and call, and I'm not saying he's wrong, he has to call Joey Janela, Jelly Janela, he has to go after that fat uh, <laughs> wrestler that he always makes fun of. And, um... You know, Kenny Omega. Kenny Olivier. Yeah. Performing his art at the Hammersmith Odeon. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and then you have the sensitive AEW fans. And it, that's another thing that's bothering me about AEW is that they, they have all these sensitive fans. And when something's stupid and you say it's stupid, it's like they do the whole, um, like, with uh, Trump supporters. Like, oh, you're a Nazi, you're a feminist, you're a... Uh, a racist and all that stuff. I'm like, no, it's stupid. They get mad because you make fun of their favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Think about how fucking stupid that is. Like, we, we, we did that when we were, like, fucking ten years old. Yeah, it's just part, you, you know, if you're on the fucking playground, you're in the cafeteria, whatever, you're like, that guy sucks. Like, Ultimate Warrior sucks. He's stupid. <laughs> no, you're stupid. Shawn Michaels is gay. <laughs> That's I don't fucking goddamn. What happened? Like, <laughs> I don't know. And then um, when I went to work today, I was uh, I I got there early because of you know tomorrow's Thanksgiving and everything, and I guess people took off before Thanksgiving. And I got and there was nobody on the road, and I got there like fucking twenty minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, what's going on Twitter? And then I looked at the fucking dick wrestler, Joey Ryan. Um, he retweeted a post saying, uh, one one of the fans was like, oh, NWA is uh, down in viewers. And somebody pointed out, I was like, oh, yeah, it's because it's a fucking recap show, you idiot. And um, he, uh, Joey Ryan says, yeah, because nobody wants to listen to a fucking racist. And I'm like... I kind of want to be like, dude, you're a fucking a nobody. <laughs> like, all your gimmick is your dick is powerful. Like, come on, bro. He he he's fucking stupid and delusional. He's he was saying he's been shit talking NWA since it started. 
Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my my clips on uh, YouTube get more views than that show or something. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's fucking dumpster fire shit. You're you're the guy whose gimmick is you flip people with your dick. And everybody's embarrassed to have you on their show. Mm -hmm. Only Impact Wrestling took him because it was... That's where all the fucking rejects go, it seems like, anymore. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so Jim Cornette kind of did, like, an apology, but also, like, it wasn't totally all my fault kind of thing. He said it was sorry, and then he said, like, to anybody that was genuinely mad, you know, or they thought that, you know, sorry. And anybody that was doing the freak-out shit, fuck you. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's a pretty good measured response. And I don't know, the thing about him is, if you know anything about him, he has an infamous temper. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the thing where, like, the video, that guy was trying to frame him up even further. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. When he when he gets real hot, it's it's a serious problem with him. Like, <laughs> but, like, I'm not saying that explains, like, what happened. Because, I don't know, he even, in a way, like, after I watched the video again, he kind of gave himself an out anyway because he was saying it. I just said that to piss that guy off because I knew it would. And he, but he said it like a bunch of times after that. I was like, well, whatever, man. I, I get it. He has a really bad temper. Yeah, but and, you, and I don't know when that event was. And this is also not excusing his language in any way because it's a terrible word. Yeah. Uh, um, I can understand if he said it like the 80s. I'd be like, oh, you know. That's what heels did back in the day. <laughs> they not call people Edward, but like just like literally try to piss off a fan to the to the point of like throwing beer at him or you know trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. So I could de- I could definitely see that happen back then, but like like if it was in the two thousands and stuff, I'd be like, come on, Jim, you know better. You're a Democrat. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying those words. I thought you were against it. <laughs> I saw Mark Henry was upset with him, and he felt betrayed by him. They're all doing that for show. I know, yeah, it's just like, I, as soon as all that shit came up, I was like, well, I don't know what happened. And then after I figured out, like, I watched the video again, and I thought about it, I was like, okay, he he was just really fucking pissed off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's racist, and his, his goddamn track record just goes against it too much. It's, I don't know. He's tried to push and help a bunch of, of black talent. Like, I don't, you know. One of them is the boogeyman. Yeah, his track record just speaks differently. I mean, you, you can, before Kofi Kingston and shit, sure, you can say, yeah, WWE's kind of racist sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just, like, not having a, a WWE, a black champion for so long when there, there were candidates. I mean, if you're not going to count The Rock because he's half. Mm-hmm. But... Some of the angles and shit too, like that. Like when that came up, I was watching a video about that old Booker T angle with with Triple H. <laughs> yeah, where it was a race. It was basically a racist angle, but up until when Booker T lost, it was it was actually good. It's just <laughs> that he lost, and it kind of made it suck. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, that? I think that was probably part of the. Booker T Triple H angle, or at least during that time, but John Cena <laughs> was like in an interview, and like Vince McMahon was like strutting, you know how he's strutting all that stuff, and he like goes up to John Cena, and I'm saying the A 
at the at the end, and he goes, "This is Vince McMahon saying." He said, "What's up, my nigga?" Yeah, and like he was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" That when that happened, I was just I remember I was watching. Uh, I think that was a pay per view when it happened, mm-hmm. and um, I was like dumbfounded. Like John Cena's reaction was like my reaction. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the f- what?" Did he just say that on TV? Like, it was crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Every and this is a track record with Vince McMahon. Every time he discovers something, he has to like repeat it or put it in his, his show. I guarantee you, he watched the movie Rush Hour, where Jackie Chan said that to the guy in the bar. Oh my God! Yes, probably. Yeah, and he, <laughs> and he probably was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is funny. Let me go do this to John Cena." <laughs> <laughs> it would have been no actually that would have been kind of racy a little bit but <laughs> like he did it to booker t <laughs> oh my god if, if if they would have allowed that that skit to continue where booker t just beats the shit out of him that would have been amazing oh yeah. wait no no booker t was in that segment because booker they turned the camera and booker t was there and oh no, yeah i was thinking of something else it was booker i'm stupid you're right and he's <laughs> and he's like tell me he did not did just say that, that. yeah <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> that makes it even worse. Yeah, I know. But you know, yeah. but you know what? Man, it's it's just a bunch of white people just saying this now. <laughs> I mean, you, but a bunch of, like that—that's the dumbest thing about all this. Though, is just a bunch of dumbass white people that get so butthurt over this. It doesn't even really have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Because what the fuck? because back then, like. Any of those guys could have said something, but because the money was so fucking good, they just kept their mouth shut and they just did the segments. So, unless you're that Jordan Miles guy, and, and oh my god, God, he went ape shit. I've I've ditched my slave name. I'm now ACH. I'm like, holy shit, dude, <laughs> you got fucking problems or something, like mega problems. I heard rumor that he allegedly has some pretty serious mental health issues or some shit. Oh, like show it. Some kind of, like, association or whatever for, like, uh, I don't know, like, black athletes or something was representing him when he said that. Mm-hmm. When they said that or something. And I was like, oh, well, it seems like it. Because I've never seen anybody get so fucking angry about this shit. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and it's like, dude, that's your ring name. You know that, right? You You get to choose it sometimes. No, that's his slave name. Yeah, that's what that's what Jim Cornette was talking about when they were talking about that. He's like, they give you a bunch of names to pick because they don't want you to just be who you were on the Indies usually. So it's you pick that fucking name, mm-hmm. and then you you picked your slave name, I guess. <laughs> Stupid. All right, let's let's move on to another drama thing that happened. Um, yes. <laughs> so during war games happened, and. Everybody knows that Mauro Ronaldo, or however you say his last fucking name. That's right. Um, he likes to go crazy. And that's the reason why we like him, is because he has that kind of JR, like, oh my god, he's broken him in half, and he's dead. Mamma mia! Oh god! And all that Mama stuff. Mamma mia! Don't be suicidal! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, Corey Graves went on Twitter and said that there's an, uh, a Ring of Honor uh, legend commentator and 
a uh, Hall of Famer. You know, they didn't get any words in or something like that. I'm I'm paraphrasing. And um, I think some people followed up. Did he say any, like, Chicago rap something or something like that? And he said a lot. And, uh, yeah, he said he said something else, but... And... Go ahead. Morrow, um, because he has a history with uh, depression and all that stuff... Um, Bipolar depression. Yeah, he deleted his Twitter and then didn't show up to Survivor Series because he was supposed to call the NXT matches or the NXT versus uh, SmackDown and Raw or the Adam Cole match. And kind of like what Cole did, he said, you know, he lost his voice. He'll be back here Wednesday, which was a lie (laughs) because he didn't show up uh, tonight for his job either. He didn't lose his voice. He lost his smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I'm not making fun tomorrow. I'm making fun of the situation. Yeah, and this is not the first time he's done this. Uh, when JBL kind of bullied him because JBL is a fucking bully, and it's it's been proven true. And he, yes, JBL got punched in the face by fucking Joey Styles. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty brutal. (laughs) Small fucking guy just beat the shit out of you. But anyway, um, here's my thoughts on this whole thing. First of all, if you're going to do an angle and try to be edgy, Corey Graves, kind of give Morrow the heads up so he doesn't see this blindsided bullshit. Because, and I'm pretty sure most wrestlers probably, you know, either text them or DM each other and go, hey, I'm going to do a, a work on you. Just don't take it personal. Yeah, for most people, that probably would have been okay, but because of Morrow's, you know, mental health conditions and stuff, mm-hmm. now you probably should have talked to him first. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my thing with Morrow is, hey, man, you're in the WWE People with like Vince McMahon, Triple H, you know, all those people that are big, you know, manly men are probably not going to look at look at this pretty well. Then again, I don't know what's happening backstage. Maybe the investors are going, hey, he's actually doing pretty good for the product. You better shut your fucking mouth, which I think probably happened because Corey Grace went on his podcast and he apologized. Yeah, there were rumors (coughs) he had some pretty significant heat on him after that. Because mm-hmm. probably investors, and I'm hoping maybe Triple H kind of did defend Morrow. Supposedly, it wasn't just office personnel. Supposedly, it was wrestlers too. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, <laughs> well, I know, uh, fucking, oh, what's that old wrestler name? He's in Impact now. Uh... Shamrock, Shamrock's brother. <laughs> went on Twitter and said, "I wish I could punch you or something like that." Or people, people like you that hide behind keyboards, I would, I would punch you. Yeah, I, I saw something about that. How he was going after Frank Shamrock and shit too. After he got stuck his nose in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really like it was very unprofessional. And he did say it on his podcast that he was like he was trying to do an angle, try to be edgy, so that he, you know. As an entertainer, kind of like what Jim Cornette did, just not racy in any way. <laughs> no, it was it's 
just yeah you gotta be careful with people like that i i have somebody in my family that has bipolar depression stuff mm. and like normally most of the time they're fine but you know something can happen or they could take something the wrong way and it can just set them off but that's the thing i don't understand why you would go after tomorrow like why like maybe go after a wrestler or something and be like i, I guess just because he was I mean, I understand his logic behind it. He was trying to drum up a controversy mm-hmm. and sell the the brand supremacy shit. And Morrow is a beloved part of NXT for a lot of the fans and stuff. Uh, so it would be like trying to bury Jr. You know, it, it, like that that that's the only comparison you can make, really. I kind of want to bury Jr. a little bit because. I understand, and this is me going off topic a little bit. He he's dealing with Excalibur, but like I watched a video with all the botches with AEW, and some of the things that Jr. says, I'm like, dude, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> maybe maybe study these wrestlers, and you know, stop trying to like correct Excalibur all the time. <laughs> Well, at the same time, Excalibur fuck, fucks up a lot or says stupid shit. Yes, like uh, Blockbuster, when there should God. be a fallaway slam. I know for a fact now he gets his goddamn moves, names of moves from video games. Mm-hmm. Because of that knuckle arrow incident. Fuck you. German Suplex 6. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, he, that was the biggest one, though, when he said German Suplex 6. I'm like, dude, what? Just say- like. And I believe Jr. said, "Just call the German suplex." <laughs> like, yeah, Jr. flubs some sometimes, and honestly, I think half of it is trying to call some of these crazy goddamn matches that they do. Mm-hmm. Where, it, like, it's hard for us to fucking keep up with what the hell's happening in some of these matches sometimes. Yeah, but I digress on that. <laughs> um. So he didn't show up tonight. Apparently, they had a third man on announcer for NXT. I didn't watch NXT tonight. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it later. But they had a third announcer, apparently a guy that won a contest with WWE, and he got a shot tonight to be on TV. So good for him, whoever That's he is. Cool. Yeah, door doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope Morrow comes back. I hope it... I hope this is not a like uh, a Mystic Mango. Well, fuck you. You know you're not showing up to work. Well, you're fired or suspended or something like that. It would be a really big mis- mistake if he does that. If he does that, I'm gonna be pissed. But I know Triple H and Shawn Michaels are gonna be like, dude, let us do our thing here. You deal with those main products over there. You say it seems to me like Vince still doesn't really. He's still kind of hands off on NXT so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we're like two months in, and really nothing's changed. It seems like it still seems like the same show. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's still like that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about my surprises that in Survivor Series, but um, what's the last thing you watched with NWA? Oh, it was an episode before last week because I was going to watch that. Then the thing happened with Cornette and they took the episode down temporarily and it totally threw off my rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and I'm sorry. Did you have any other things to say about tomorrow? I feel like I'm kind of rushing a little bit. Oh, no, no. Uh, you pretty much said everything. So cool. I just, I was just giving support and like, you know, the context of like, Hey, keep his condition in mind. Like those people are extra sensitive legitimately. Yeah. And people having another Twitter fight where, you know, you have those people that go like, Oh, we need to save for him. I'm like, dude, just, if you know he has a condition, just don't do it period. Yeah. Or at least talk to him and be like, Hey, let's do an angle where I kind of rib you, but I'm not being serious at all. And let's let's make a thing out of it. And then mm-hmm. maybe Mara could have been like, no, man, I'm not comfortable with this. Can you do it to somebody else? I'm sure if he came to him beforehand, he probably would have been like, cool, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just like without that context, though, you know how people in the wrestling business are and people talk behind shows backs and shit. I could very easily take see him taking that like he's burying me. Like, what the fuck? You know, because he's he's dealt with something like that already, like with JBL and stuff. Here's here's another thing that I'm kind of worried about if it ever happens, which I don't think they'll ever do an angle like this because of how sensitive he is. But you know how like a wrestler like gets in the face of an announcer and gets a little edgy with his stuff, like like a CM Punk kind of thing. Remember when he did the pipe bomb and he was like, maybe the WWE would be better if Vince was dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine if they said that, like, maybe the announcing team would be a little bit better if Mauro was dead. Like, how how would he handle that? You know what I mean? Oh, fuck, no. You, sh- you should not do that. Unless, like, uh, unless you talk to him and he gives you permission to do it. Like, mm. there's no way. But e- uh, even if you do give him permission, you got to understand how is he going to come off on it. Like, if he's, uh-huh. if, if does he have to know every word? Because you know how wrestlers imp- do improv, especially in NXT. Hey, you know, because you came up with this situation, that actually gave me a really good idea to get somebody heat. It wouldn't be, don't do that. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> but like, just have them beat up Morrow one time. I've never seen him get manhandled or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like that, that guy would get so much heat. I don't know who you could do it with right now off the top of my head. I don't know if they're trying to position a top heel, but Johnny, say Gar- that. Johnny Gargano. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god if Johnny Gargano beat up Mauro Ronaldo, yeah he would get I think he would get beyond what the heat Choppa had mm-hmm. because it was like you're you were our guy like you know like they did that thing where they tried to turn him heel and it was kind of weird I'm not going to say it wasn't working because it was mm-hmm. it just felt kind of odd you know I already, I already have a situation so Johnny Gargano comes back from his injury and yeah. Mauro's in the ring doing an interview and uh it just I don't know, Johnny Gargano just like fucking loses. He's like, I fucking hate when you say Mama Mia. <laughs> he beats him up and he goes, he like, Mama Mia he yells at him and he, Oh my god, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good idea there. Call me Triple H. Call me Hunter. <laughs> but um Yeah, with NWA Power I tell you the truth, I think the last thing I watch is when uh, Aaron Stevens lost to Ricky, uh, what's his name? Starks. Ricky Starks for like the second time. That shit was funny. Cause I think, I think it, we talked about that a little bit already. Though. Yeah. I think that was the one where, uh, Ricky Starks is like, it was the best of the times. It was the worst of times. And then the announcer's like, oh, that was uh Shakespeare. And Cornette's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> That's Charles Dickens. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to miss the commentator. 
I'm, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss him in that role. Yeah. I don't know who they'll get. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. We talked about this off the show. I was like, I don't know who the fuck they can get that has that same amount of like credibility and experience because I, I can't think of anybody. Just fucking put Billy Corgan there. Let him be weird. <laughs> I don't think Billy Corgan would be good in that role at all. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've seen interviews with him, but he's very soft spoken. That, that's why I think it would be funny because like the other guys oh would, would be like into it and then Billy Carr would be like wow that was a pretty good uh, kick right there right like I, I don't know how he is like outside of interviews or anything because like maybe like in a, a conversation with like friends or something he's a lot more loose but mm-hmm. in every interview I've ever seen him have he's like really soft spoken and kind of like his his speech uh, rhythms are kind of weird and stuff Hey, Billy, Billy Corgan did a Joe Rogan uh, pod, podcast with him. Get Joe Rogan. <laughs> did they smoke weed together? They talked about aliens or something. Okay. Well, they probably if they smoked weed together, it would have been even better, probably. <laughs> Get Elon Musk to be the commentator. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, there it is. Fucking AI. <laughs> Shit, my Cybertruck could outdo, like, fucking whoever the fuck. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's talk about that real quick, even though it's not wrestling. <laughs> what do you think of the Cybertruck? I think it's like the Warthog from fucking Halo. Honestly, somebody took... They've been. It's been like a running meme with that thing, like that people take something from old video games and say, look, I don't think it looks like a Warthog. It looks more like shit, like old... Uh, the old 3D polygonal, like, fucking games, like from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw somebody do, do this comparison, though, was with... You know that game, Out of This World? Yeah. Yeah, like, there's apparently a truck or a vehicle in it at some point, and it looks exactly like that fucking Cybertruck. <laughs> it's the same shapes and everything. I think... <laughs> I'm like, wow. I mean, people are shitting on it. I think it looks decent enough, but I'm, like, into those cheesy sci-fi movies, so I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, the tr- the specs in that truck are fucking amazing, and it's it's got like good battery life it's good for like over 500 miles on on a charge yeah so that that's i think that exceeds everything for like an electric vehicle yeah people just like the shit on i I, i'm i'm considered that the human race is now a complete shit fest now because now that you now that you can express your opinion on the internet and relative anonymity and you you People feel a great need to bitch and, and just say whatever dumbass thing comes across their mind. Mm-hmm. Is all it is. If if it was in real life, like you know, if the people had the paper or they're at the fucking McDonald's or whatever, I, I just say that because I know old people like to hang out at McDonald's. <laughs> like, like they'd be like, "Well, that that truck looks fucking stupid," or but those are guys that they've known for years or something. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't just say that. You would just be sitting there at McDonald's and there's like a bunch of strangers and you're reading the paper and you just look at that person. You go like, "This? Have you seen this cyber truck? This is fucking stupid. <laughs> this is retarded." People look at you like you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of, uh, an update here. Um, Jericho beat Scorpio Sky because it wouldn't make sense if Scorpio Sky was a champion and tag team champion, but after. Um, Near the end of the match, Moxley came out, and it looks like he's going to be challenging Jericho for the title soon. Good. So that should be interesting. Um, 
I don't know if you wanted to talk about anything NWA Power. I mean, we could talk about... We're probably going to be doing a special podcast for Into the Fire on December 14th. Your boy. Yeah, so we're going to watch it, and then we're going to come back here, and we're going to talk about it. Pretty much just, the night of. Yeah. I just got a couple little news news items here, and that's it for me. Okay, shoot it. Uh, see, see if Puck was on WWE backstage last week, and it was, uh, it was very truthful. <laughs> he pretty much said every everything everybody's been saying about the product for the past few years. He was like, you know, the only good things WWE has is like the NXT and the women's division. He's not wrong mm-hmm. for for the most part, like consistently good. Because I'm not going to say none of the guys don't do anything good. That's just fucking a bald face lie. Yeah, but. I don't know. Uh, then uh, I was—I don't know. I'd go back and try to find it or something. It's just really funny because now he can say all this shit and get away with it, and they can't do anything to him because he's hired by Fox. Well, well didn't CM Punk kind of start like a, a feud between Tony Khan and fucking Randy Orton? Because he inadvertently started a feud. <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. Yeah. So the the background of that is. Um... Sam Sam Punk said something pipe bombish in a tweet, and he 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 like put Tony Khan at the end for no reason, and then Tony Khan made a comment where he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I don't know why I'm here and all that stuff." I I I don't know what he said. Something stupid, and then I think Randy Orton poked fun a little bit, and then. Um, Tony Khan is like, yeah, you said the N-word on Twitch twice. And it's pretty funny because nobody reported it. Because Orton was saying, like, you know, what up, my nigga? Like, McMahon? Mm-hmm. Like, he was just doing a thing. I think he listens to rap music and whatever. Like, <laughs> so I, I saw the, the clip in, in question. It, Orton was goofing off streaming when he was playing Call of Duty. He wasn't calling anybody anything. I wonder if he, he was, was high. <laughs> he might have been fucking high, man. He's probably just jazzed on weed and was just fucking listening to Lil Wayne or something and said, I don't know. <laughs> Orton said that to nobody. I think it was funny that Xavier Woods like put him on Up, Up, Down, Down, and now he's like obsessed with video games. <laughs> he caused Orton to get the fucking illness. <laughs> the video game illness. <laughs> Because he was playing. I was like, I didn't know Randy played video games. He just didn't seem like that kind of guy. <laughs> Dude, I think I think Randy's cool. Uh, I think he only like gets like shitty with people when people are shitty to him, obviously. And I, I remember that one re- reporter. He was asking like dumb questions, and like Randy's like, "Are you fucking serious?" And. <laughs> And he like he's like almost beat him up, and like the guy's like, "I'm sorry, I'm just doing a bit." He's like, "Well, this fucking interview is done. It's trash." <laughs> he walked off. I like uh, I like Orton a lot. Like it, honestly, after he had a uh, he was on Edge and Christian's podcast a, a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. After I heard him on that podcast, I was like, honestly, he's a pretty cool guy. It's just he has this very I don't give a fuck attitude about things, mm-hmm. and it can. It can either really uh, help him or hinder him, but it's weird because he's kind of in this... I guess he really doesn't give a fuck. It's just that he never really gets in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like when 
he'll say shit and like not get in trouble for it. Nothing really controversial, but it's like shit you would think, oh god, if that guy was a mid carter, he'd get fucking nuked. I uh, <laughs> I was watching a, a promo. Pretty much, this was like in the near end when CM Punk like almost quit or he, he did quit. Um, do you remember the part where they had an undisputed um, championship match coming up between John Cena and Randy Orton, and they had like all the uh, heavyweight champions in the ring, and like they had like Mark Henry, Daniel Bryan. Um, they had fucking Brett the Hitman Hart in there, mm-hmm. and John Cena and Randy Orton had probably one of the best promos I've seen in a really, really long time. And I'm like, wow. Even though we've seen Randy Orton and John Cena a long, a lot of times, I do miss the promos like this because John Cena was like, look at Daniel Bryan. He became a champion by just working and you had a father (laughs) you were you were a generation wrestler yeah and like it 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 felt personal and everything and that's when you know the whole uh when randy orton hit cm punk in the face and then triple h like pushed him and then triple h and cm punk were fighting in the ring (laughs) yeah i remember that yeah because that was supposed to set up the whole uh cm punk versus triple h at wrestlemania Mm-hmm. And then he, then he quit because Hunter should be wrestling him, not the other way around. <laughs> He's not. He wasn't totally wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I just go back and, and check it out, like if you have it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what else do we got here? Uh, Seth Rollins is turning heel. It, it, the motions went into motion this Monday. And it was, uh, honestly, it was pretty funny. It was pretty entertaining because it was like they pretty much incorporated everything that people have been bitching and criticizing him over, Uh like, lately, like, his online behavior and stuff. Like, this shit, like, there was that story where Dave Meltzer said, like, Seth Rollins is the locker room leader who did this, and he was, like, he vehemently, like, opposed that opinion. He's like, no, that's not what happened. And I guess, yeah, Dave retracted it. (laughs) <laughs> but then he turned around he goes i'm the locker room leader and I, I don't want to be but guys i'm coming from a good place here it was honestly like a good heel promo it was like funny i so it's like oh, okay they did it like <laughs> i hope it's not like because when he was uh heel with the authority it was funny because like i'm the man <laughs> he did that laugh <laughs> like, the fuck yeah and I hope it's not a cheesy heel. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you lost your title and now you're going to be a heel. I hope no. It's no. It would be perfect because you know what? The other thing people are criticizing him for now is that Seth is not cool. <laughs> that's become it. That's become a chance. Seth's not cool. Oh, okay. So, so actually, that would be perfect if he was just like this cheesy fucking weird heel. <laughs> he just hires like big wrestlers to help him out. Yeah, AOP. And then he had like the um, what the fuck did they call uh Mercury and Jamie Noble? What, what they they had a name for them, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Jane J Security or something. Oh like. yeah, yeah, that's right. JJ Security. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, the AOP are a lot more opposing than JJ Security, but we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see. And one more note here. I brought up Dave Meltzer. But uh, 
I just read this story like right before we got on air. I was like, okay, I have to talk about this because I've seen stories from this guy and almost all of them are always bogus or they're like fucking ridiculous. Have you heard of this guy called Brad Shepard? No. <laughs> he's like a fucking, like, he's a jobber of wrestling reporters. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how else to put it. But like, what the fuck website is he from? Uh, ProSportsExtra.com. Every time he, he has some kind of story or he says something, He's like wrong nine times out of ten. Like that that isn't a stretch. And it's usually like really ridiculous claims and stuff. Like lately he just said uh the 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 rumor that got spread this time was uh Lance Storm has been taking care of uh Ray's son Dominic behind the scenes and shit, like personally training him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think he did train at, at Storm's Wrestling Academy. Like, he was the last class. Um, but when Storm is like, guys, this isn't true. I haven't even started yet, and I didn't even know Dom was going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess Brad Shepard goes to bury him and shit, and he says, WWE made a big mistake of hiring Lance Storm into the company. Outside of the fact that he's a lifetime mid-card act without an ounce of personality, he's good buddies with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. <laughs> and then he like goes even further. He goes harder into the paint on that. Just trying to play up that thing where like Lance is going to be a mole for, for those two again and shit. And there's then a bunch of people like in the business, like random people started burying him, Brad, because he's full of shit. Even jelly Janela got in on it. Oh, <laughs> did you hear that? Um, and this all may be a work, but apparently the way Joey Janela got eliminated in that dumb battle royale where two people won for that ring match or something like that. Oh yeah. Like I I saw he was supposedly unhappy. I read the tweet Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, there's a possibility. There's an outside possibility. He could be working it. Like, I don't know. But at the same time I could see how, why he would be upset because fucking jelly was like a big indie star and he would beat people. He probably shouldn't have all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now he's not really beating anybody. I, I like the comments that it's because it was clickbait title because it was like, Oh, a big AEW star is possibly leaving. Uh, and <laughs> people, people see that it's Joey Janela and they're like, really big star. <laughs> I get, I guess he was popular on the indies, but like the, the fucking most, outlaw bullshit indies mm-hmm. uh i still say the only way that guy can get over legitimately is like as a crash dummy like spike dudley mm-hmm. that's the only way that guy's ever going to get over any on tv or anything he's just he's, he just looks shitty and it, i can't believe him in a match like he's like like when he's having those matches with sean spears and sean spears has to run away from him and he's like twice his size i'm like what the fuck yeah <laughs> come on like yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the whole point is Brad Shepard's a piece of shit. And you should like probably take extra grains of salt with anything you hear this guy say. Anybody in wrestling journalism and wrestling YouTubers who as well, I haven't seen one thing positive besides like maybe NXT is good with people and maybe when AEW started, like, oh, this is great. But every time like people are complaining it's just fucking stupid 
and they have to do these like weird calling out other wrestlers and stuff when it's it's just stupid. They try to spread these ridiculous stories and shit. They've honestly become more like fucking tabloids. Yeah, like CNN fake news. <laughs> than, than like whatever the fuck, you know, what they used to be, which was just talking about like the ins and outs of the business with people that were smart, you know? Yeah. It's changed now. Like it's just, there's more malice in it. Yeah. But other than that, like AEW... I quickly want to talk about it. My thing is, so far, what is it? Two months now. We're like, yeah, we're like two months into the experiment. Yeah, so it's it's almost to my one month, uh, giving it a try, and see how things are going. And I'm giving it one more pay per view to be mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna stick with this brand for a little bit because NXT is starting to get interesting because. Of Champa and uh, the guy Lee and all that stuff. Keith Lee, I mean, they got a good crop of stars there, top to bottom again. Mm-hmm. It, like I said, I watched that YouTube video of all the botches and stuff, and hearing the commentators and watching people like Marco Stunt like miss a like move. A lot of them actually miss moves and. There was a point where um, I think it was Private Party versus Lucha Bros, or no, no, it was, it was Private Party versus uh, Proud and Powerful, and um, the referee is counting, and he goes one, two, and he's about to hit three, and he like spazzes out, and he like, stops and he stands up. Yeah, and like Private Party is like, yo, what the fuck. And he's like, he points to, uh, I think it was Santana or, or, or Ortiz or something. He's like, he pulled on my leg. And if you look at the footage, he never got his leg pulled. <laughs> no, Santana was like out of position, mm-hmm. I guess. And then like, he just like, it was a really bad ref botch. And uh, people booed and shit because it was that bad. And they've had a lot of those. Um. It seems like there's one really bad ref spot or something, or something got blown like mm-hmm. once a show at least. Um, yeah, when you watch when you watch NXT, they don't have fucking mistakes like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> or WWE for that matter, just regular WWE. They don't have mistakes like that either. Yeah, I I truly think what AEW needs, and this is gonna sound. Per- People are going to be like, oh, and then you're going to be like WCW back in the day when they started like buying up like old people. But you need to get a couple of legends in there. Maybe. I mean, they got Earl Hebner. It's just he's, goddamn, he's ancient at this point. Oh, no, no. I'm talking no wrestlers. Well, I, okay, but still, they. I think they do need somebody. They need to have tighter refereeing or something. I don't know. They did in general. Mm-hmm. Because... Just how, like, they announced uh, the Blade, the Butcher, and the Bunny in AEW. Like, what the fuck? One, <laughs> one, it's a lame name. And two, um, nobody knows them. Why you put it in, in that angle to act like we're supposed to have a pop for it? Yeah. If they allegedly have all this money, they, and they need to buy people out of some fucking contracts or some shit. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. Like, uh, there's some people still left at Impact Wrestling that are like decent. 
or good. Like actually, uh, to Neil Dashwood, Emma is in impact for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but like, she's good. Why don't did Why don't they fucking have her? She was like in the women's battle Royal on all out. And I thought, Oh, is she with them now? Okay. Like I was kind of like looking forward to seeing her again, but no, it turns out she was on impact and she was just out on loan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why the fuck don't you guys have her? You need more like established women's wrestlers and shit. Like she has experience. She can speak English. People know who she is. It's just Kenny Omega. He wants to have his, uh, his Asians in there. His Japanese schoolgirl fetish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just need more people. Um, people still learning about Kenny Omega, you know, page, um, the young bucks and all that stuff. But you need somebody to be like, Oh, like I'm trying to think of an example. Maybe um I guess Bubba Ray. <laughs> Maybe God. Like I can he still wrestle? I, I can see him doing a couple of spots here and there. I, don't get Devon. Just bring bring Bubba and like bully Ray or something. No, they can't get Devon anyway. Devon's an agent for WWE. Mm-hmm. He's fucking locked in. He's busy. Yeah. Or because I don't want to see Hogan because apparently Hogan, uh, there's another news, by the way, that Hogan said he's good for one more match, his final match, quotation marks. He wants to have it in WWE, though. Yeah. He's been having, I think that's going to happen. Like, he says, I've been talking to Vince about this, blah, blah, blah. So expect a WrestleMania match maybe from Hogan this year. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who it would be against because... John Cena kind of, I don't think he needs a match with Hogan. John Cena... No, but I could see him maybe wanting to do that because he, from his standpoint, he's like, that would be really big for the fans. You know, that would be cool. Let's do it. CM Punk versus Hogan. <laughs> oh my, wow. <laughs> but, uh. Maybe Steve Austin. No, I don't think so. Austin's done wrestling. He's been pretty, like, vehement that he's done. Like, that time passed. Oh, that's another thing. Did you watch this the show, the Austin show? Not yet. I heard it was really good, though. I'm like, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. He interviewed the Undertaker after Survivor Series. Undertaker was out of character for like a really long interview, and out of his Undertaker voice too. He's just a straight up hick from Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really weird because like Austin, he'd be like, "I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just had you want whiskey." That's not a, a good accent. I mean, not a good Austin, but you get what I mean. But like, he wants beer, not not whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And then Undertaker would be like, "Yeah, man, I just need to get some whiskey. You got whiskey? You didn't have that? Why didn't we have that from the beginning? Like, that's how he sound." And I was like, "God damn, that's the Undertaker." <laughs> yeah, even when he was American Badass, he didn't quite sound like that. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of let his accent slip a little more. You could tell he was definitely from the South, but yeah, I guess he was still kind of, uh, I don't know, putting the damper on it back then. Cause maybe that, maybe having his full on Texas accent come out would really put people for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? What happened to Undertaker? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he kind of a quick story. He, he talked about how, uh, when the gobbledygooker was, uh, Oh my god! The the build up for that, he got a phone call from Vince McMahon, and he thought he was gonna be in the egg, and they they were gonna name him the Eggman. 
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so that, that was pretty good, and then, oh. and then we call it. Uh, he's like, no, um, Vince McMahon called called me up, and he didn't even call him by like Mark or Mark Calloway. He's like, yeah, is this the Undertaker? And he calls him Taker. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, yeah, and he thought it was a prank call, like somebody was ribbing him or something like that. Because they didn't have caller caller ID back in the eighties, so yeah, I don't know. That just gets back into that old habit of like you get people call each other by their wrestler names more often than not. Mm-hmm. Edge isn't really Edge; they just everybody calls him Edge, not Adam. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's weird. I don't know. All right, are you ready for some war games? I'm ready, I'm ready to go to war. Yes. So you've seen the pre-shows. I haven't seen any of the pre-shows for War Games or Survivor Series. So Zach is kind of going to be my uh, go-to guy to talk about these. I'm the pre-show expert, the kickoff expert. <laughs> okay. And let's see. On on War Games, they had a, a little match with uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Angel Garza. Never heard of them. <clears throat> Uh, they, apparently NXT had some kind of like breakout tournament or something where they, they had some new, new talent wrestlers come in and I don't know, somebody won. It's a good way to get some new unknown guys over AEW, take notes. <laughs> like maybe not have the, the butcher, the bunny and the blade fucking attack your top star. <laughs> what the hell? But anyway... Um, I think Isaiah Swerve Scott should just be called Swerve Scott. That sounds like a cool wrestler name. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are kind of like cruiserweight style workers. Angel Garza looks more like a, I don't know. He, I guess he's heel, but like in this match, he didn't act like enough of a heel to me. Um, it was okay. The, nothing bad happened in it. It was just an okay little warm up match. Mm-hmm. Nothing really right, no, right home about it or anything. Yeah, um, I really have nothing to say because one, I didn't watch it, and two, I have no idea who these guys are. But Garza's uh, Garza's got some potential, I think. Uh, Swerve looks cool, and he has cool, unique-looking moves, actually, and that's that is something to take note of in today's wrestling. <laughs> He has a really unique way of doing a lot of different moves. Oh, the guy's name is Shane Strickland. That's his 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 professional name. <laughs> yeah. He looks weird. Like, I'm not saying, like, that guy is weird looking, like he's a freak or something. He has, like, all these these gestures and shit that are just, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like Kenny Omega doing goofy poses and shit. Mm-hmm. He just seems like kind of like this odd guy or something. Like he's, he, I don't know, maybe he smokes weed every day. I'm not sure. He looks like Eddie Gordo. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, I believe, didn't Lilo Rush have a match? That was uh, Survivor Series. Oh, God damn it! We'll get there. You're jumping around. <laughs> that was the only pre-show match? That was it. It was Angel Garza and Swerve Scott. Shit, so I guess let's get right into the first fucking match. And it was a War Games match. War! And it was uh, 
Team Ripley versus Team Baszler. And mm. it had Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, and then uh, it had sh- the other one, the other team, Shayna Baszler, uh, Shirai, Bianca Belair, and NXT uh, Women's Champion, Kay Lee Ray. <laughs> uh, UK Champion. Yeah, UK Champion, my bad. Yeah, Kaylee Ray, and then I'm like, then there's that wrestler Kylie Ray, and I'm like, it, it gets kind of confusing for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not going to go for move or move or anything. I'm just going to pick out what caught my eye a lot. I, yeah, I don't have any notes for this either. <laughs> yeah, I really like this match, and I'm probably going to be, and this is a spoiler, I'm probably going to like this a little bit more than the men's match, but it's kind of just a little bit ahead. I was really surprised with this, because I was like, oh, they're doing another this is history with women's and and this dangerous gimmick match and all that stuff. And I have to say, Rhea Ripley, I didn't know she was only 23 years old. Yeah, she's super young. Her and Tony Storm both are like super young. They're both like the same age, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's like when you see them wrestle, it's like they're really fucking good for being that young. Of course, Pete Dunn's not that old either. And Tyler Bate, too. A lot of those UK people are like really young. Well, they all fucking train young, too. Yeah, like if you're apparently if you're from England or Australia and you're a wrestler, you start at like age 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what William Regal said he did. He's like, I started wrestling when I was 13. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, legitimately, he did. And in this day and age, you retire early because you probably fuck up your neck like Paige. Um, well, yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley works smarter than him, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I'm really surprised at Rhea Ripley because this was the uh, comparison I made with one of my friends. I was like, She's kind of like Triple H's Roman Reigns a little bit, except she's good in the ring and she does good promos than Roman Reigns. Because if you notice, they're always shoving Rhea Ripley down our throats to be like, oh, she's badass and everything. She's not a champion, but she's badass. You should you should like her. Well, they should because she's, she's going to be a fucking star. Like, mm. she has that quality about her. I thought she was good. Like, I remember when I was watching the Mae Young Classic with her in it. Mm-hmm. The first one she was on, she didn't find herself yet, I suppose, we'll say. Because she, she looks totally different than what she looks like now. Yeah, she looks... She, she looked like a novice, like, I just started wrestling wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody they'd have as, like, a jobber that they hired locally or something. And her hair was, like, super long and everything. And she just looked kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back on the next one. And she looks more like what she looks like now. She had like all this fucking metal, hardcore looking outfit. And she came out with this fucking head banging music. And she was just like this tough bitch. Like beat the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it too, because like she's changed how she wrestled too. Now she's like more of a power wrestler, yeah. which is in, in women's division. There's very few women like that that can wrestle that way. And you might find this, uh, you, you might find me wrong on this, but I find Rhea Ripley better than Becky Lynch based off of she's believable as a badass compared to Becky Lynch. 
Because every time Becky Lynch does a promo, I just cringe at what she says. Ray Ripple, I'm like, oh, she means business. She's going to fuck you up. When Becky does it, I just go back to that one Marine movie where she beat up fucking Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you know, that that's okay. That's fair, too, because uh, sometimes when they do that that kind of promo with her, it, dep- it depends on how they, they word it or how she words it or something. Mm-hmm. It could be like, come on. But then there's, like, times where she says it's like, you know, I'm not going to give up. You know, this is my thing. Like, they need to go more on that then I'm here fighting. I'll whip all your asses or something. Yeah. I mean, so far what's been presented, she has been whipping everybody's asses, <laughs> but like, like, I don't know. I believe she's pretty tough and stuff, but like, yeah, I think Rhea Ripley's more of a, a tough guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, I don't know. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Another thing I noticed, um, the, the fucking chair shots that they were doing in this fre- seemed pretty stiff, and especially when they were, like, powerbombing each other off with a fucking turnbuckle into the chairs. I was like, holy shit, they're actually doing this shit. Yeah, they did some pretty good hardcore spots. Io Shirai did a moonsault off the top of the fucking cage. Yeah, she's a crazy bitch. She's from Japan. They do crazy shit like that. You just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That was really shocking. I was telling Andy, like, when we were watching it, I was like, you know, there's very few people who have done that spot, you know, and I can think of a couple people that did this spot like that. Kurt Angle, it's like, yeah. he doesn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> His neck is, is fused together three times. <laughs> and Chris Benoit, he's dead. <laughs> so hopefully she'll be okay. Brock Lesnar kind of did that and almost broke his neck. Remember that? That was off just the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, I, I learned that um, that was a move that he used to do, not do regularly, but somewhat regularly. He used to throw out a shooting star press. Like, it was, like, a big move for him in OVW. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, Cornette pulled Brock aside, and he's like, don't do that all the time. Just do it once in a while. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Which is good. You should do that. <laughs> you shouldn't do a damn shooting star press. Everybody always kicks out of it. Fucking private party. <laughs> god damn it but uh apparently he executes it flawlessly all the time no vw then he heads that match at wrestlemania and he tombstones himself yeah that was scary fuck. dude i thought he i thought he died in that match he did fuck his neck up i think he did break it but it wasn't like one of those really bad like i'm paralyzed fucking breaks it's weird yeah not like a fucking steve austin getting a pile drive by Owen Hart. yeah um what else do I want to say? It was just, it was very brutal. And I think a big thing about that that was kind of cool, too, is seeing that fucking turn of the, the Dakota Kai, which is mm-hmm. which is my favorite wrestler, a female wrestler in the business right now. Because she, like you said, is like Bailey, but better. <laughs> and she's actually a perfect face but now she's heel and i'm like this is awesome i can't wait to see what dakota kai heel is i know i was like singing the praises of her baby face stuff i'm like she i was like yeah she's basically like a better bailey i'm like she's i don't know she just seems more genuine mm-hmm. and she doesn't try too hard to be baby face it's just she is uh but then then they turn around and did that i was like well i and it was really funny because i noticed on the pre-show and they showed like um 
Mia Yim was backstage and it was like somebody beat her up. Uh-huh. And I noticed, I've just made a joke about this. I was like, look, Dakota Kai is wearing NWO pants. <laughs> like she had like a pair of like NWO, like, I don't know, like they were leggings or something that had like the NWO logo on them. <laughs> I was like, Andy, that means she's going to turn heel. She's wearing NWO pants. <laughs> it turned out to be true. So she was probably the one that assaulted Mia Yim too to take her spot. <laughs> Like I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking that. So I was like, maybe she did this because I think she was still pissed off about that whole thing about not being picked. Yeah. So I was like, that must be what they're going to do. And they did it. And I'm not bitching saying like, oh, that was predictable or anything. It's just, I've seen so much goddamn wrestling. Like it's like watching movies and shit. You just, you're able to predict the beats of a story or something. Yeah. It was funny. Um, after she beat up taking Knox, uh, I didn't look at the video, and I and I saw a video of like Triple H like embracing Knox and like uh, saying it's okay, you know, you'll be back, and you're injured, and it showed her leg and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, did they really do a work where to like make it look like she really got fucking injured and made a video out of it? I found out that it was like a year old. <laughs> it was oh. like when she injured herself. Yeah, like they they just kind of well, that was smart because it's like it that really happened, so they can really incorporate that into her character and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> NXT. Yeah, yeah, oh. I I I really dig the match. Um, I really loved the ending, by the way, because I was like, oh, is Ray gonna use those cuffs that she has on her wrist? And she did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was kind of like that thought crossed my mind, and then she did it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's actually kind of unique there. I wonder if anybody will ever say, hey, you're not allowed to wear those anymore. <laughs> but we'll see. Probably. And yeah, she won by doing a riptide to Shayna Baszler through the chairs. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, too, because Shayna Baszler almost didn't do anything in this whole match. <laughs> she kind of didn't. Like, she was, like, the last person out, and then she just kind of, like, picked her spots in that match and shit. Just kind of, like, got... I think she got hit a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then Rhea just hits her finisher on her once. Granted, it was through some chairs and just beat her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was funny. And, like, Candice LeRae was pretty good, but, like, not enough to be like, wow, she's fucking amazing. Because I was like, oh, she's part of Rhea Ripley's team. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, she, she's a good wrestler. She did, like, she was pulling the cell job in that, though, because she was in there so long without any help. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine, because she could do that. Uh, she's also a, I don't know, I don't want to say she's a better Bailey too, but. That's another one where it's like, I don't know, I just think she's more genuine. It's easier for her to do that. No, she's like a Kelly Kelly, but like a better <laughs> Kelly Kelly. <laughs> Imagine if Kelly Kelly was like actually a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe didn't look as fake. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the two things I can say about her. But um, I was really surprised that they, they went with this ending. Like where they, oh, they win two on four. That's, mm. I can't stress that enough. They won two on four. Yeah, and then uh, we'll talk about Survivor Series later because uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't dislike it. But the only thing was in the back of my head, I'm like, they beat another team two on four, and the only thing I can say to that is, I think Rhea Ripley is getting a big push, mm-hmm. but Canada's better get a pretty good push too if they're gonna they're gonna play that ending. 
you know. And come to come to think of it, um, I don't think the ladies need a tag team division. I truly think they need a mid card uh, women's belt. Yeah, like I've been saying that before too. It's gotten to the point where they have so many that just having one title on each show is kind of like not really good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I understand, I, I'm not against the idea of having a women's tag team champion because championship because they had one before, like super long time ago, and it was like, oh, it's cool, they're bringing it back. But honestly, since then, there hasn't been enough teams to come together and coalesce to really make it seem like there's a legitimate tag division. Well, they should be using all three brands as a division, but, you know... They, they do. It's, they're supposed to, but they don't really do it that much for some reason. I think it's more of traveling and stuff. Because, yeah. Because I still think they need to, like, pay out of their own pocket to fucking <laughs> get plane rides, which is retarded. You would think WWE would have, like, a, a traveling system or something. It's like this, like, because we, I think we agree on this, where it's like, they shouldn't have as many titles in general. Mm-hmm. And, like, the main event title should be universal for each brand. Yes. Just have one world title. And yeah, you- that guy has to travel more, but you know what? Maybe they make that a perk. Like, you, you don't have to pay for your travel because we're making you travel twice as much. Or, that, that That's fair. Or, <laughs> or not even, you don't need to have them on every single show. That too. You don't have to have them on every show all the time either. Like, you, they have so many goddamn people that they could very easily just give several people a week off, like start a rotation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you get this week off. Go home. AEW does that well, and it's pretty retarded because they have a small ass roster. <laughs> <laughs> Their roster is like paper thin. And it's, that's another reason why I've kind of gotten tired of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. The same people are on every fucking show, and then it's like, one-third of their roster is fucking embarrassing, and they know it. And that's why they keep them on the dark show. They only allow, like, only so much embarrassment on TV. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll have the dark order on this week, and Marco Stunt. That's pushing it, but let's put it on there. (laughs) Okay, we'll we'll bring out Reptar and the kids. Reptar and the kids! That's (laughs) fucking amazing. They should call him that. (laughs) Even though Luchasaurus is fucking amazing, but, like... I love him. He's awesome. Um, but fucking war games. Um, I guess if you don't have anything else to say about this match, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I gave it an eight point oh. Uh, which is just it was it was good. It was great. I liked it a lot. It's just uh, I had seen better war games matches previously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, you should compare. Like, well, it's a it's a goddamn war games match. Those don't happen all the time. Yeah. So. Big moment for women's. I know some people they get they get sick of that shit. This is a big moment for women's wrestling. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> but you know, honestly, every time they do that, they deliver on it. It's I don't know why people have that fucking attitude about that still, where they're just like, God damn it, they're shoving more. Some people still don't like the fact that women are getting pushed in, in WWE, and I think that's fucking stupid. Oh, here's my thing: the best thing that's happening on uh, WWE TV in general, is the women's division. Yeah, it's usually the most consistent thing, and they don't do a bunch of these crazy goddamn matches, and I don't know, stuff usually just makes more sense with them. It's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. 
So moving on to the next match. It's a number one contenders match, and they will be facing Adam Cole, baby, in the Survivor Series for the NXT Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was between Pete Dunne, Killian Dane, which I was surprised that he's still wrestling, by the way. I forgot that he went to the UK. Um, and Damian Priest. Uh, I have a thing to say about Damian Priest. What's his thing with the bow and arrow? Is that he's his... the he's the archer of infamy. <laughs> I think it's just something cool for him to do. Like it's his cool pose. It like it makes his entrance cool because he does that thing where he like looks back at the titron and he like pow he like lets loose an arrow and it's like Damian Priest and fire on the fucking titantron. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. He um he's a big dude. He is a very big guy and. I like that he represented Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in his attire that night. That was fucking cool. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he had, like, a, a vest that had, like, Scott Hall's, like, ooze fucking thing. Like, he oozes machismo, and it said Lone Wolf on the back of it. And then he had, like, the tassels on his pants and shit, like the, like Kevin Nash used to have. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, and he did a razor's edge. He did a sick-ass razor's edge in that match. Oh, dude, he did that to Killian Dane, and I was surprised that he, like, lifted him over like that. Yeah, he fucking tossed him, man. I was like, holy shit, he's strong as fuck to be able to do that to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think his gimmick is a little weird to me, but I, his size and stuff, I think if he, if he, like, repackages himself a little bit better, he, he could become a real fucking good... Uh, gimmick. Well, I I think he, they just need to like maybe have him do some more interviews and stuff, just like so you can see who Damien Priest is. Because mm-hmm. uh, I as of right now I still don't know who he is, but he's like a really good big guy wrestler. Like he's like for a guy that that size, he's very fast. Especially when he did that suicide dive like <laughs> out of nowhere over the fucking turnbuckle. <laughs> he did an Undertaker style suicide dive. It's the scary one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. And then, like, yeah, some of those strikes and shit he does, like, he does, like, a little combination strike that's, like, super fast. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, man, that guy's quick. <laughs> yeah, and Pete Dunne is more of, like, a strong style kind of thing. British uh, strong style. What, what? It's British strong style. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he does this uh, break your finger thing that never breaks, by the way. He does joint manipulation bullshit, which I, I don't know. Like, you, you could, like... I could see how some people could criticize that, but I always like it. I think it's cool. This uh, is different. I don't know if you're familiar with Marty Scroll, are you? I I know who he is. I've not really seen any of his work, though. Yeah, he was in New Japan with the uh, the Elite with Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. he has like a he's like a he's an in between. He's kind of like Pete Dunne, but also a cruiserweight at the same time. Okay, but he does that joint manipulation thing. But it's funny how he does it because he he shushes the crowd. He goes shh, and then he like makes like a snapping sound to like make believe that he broke the fingers. It's it's pretty funny. Zack Saber Junior does a lot of that stuff too, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. I, the, it was the first time I've seen something like that in like a really long time. So I was always like, oh man, that's cool. I like how that looks. It looks painful as fuck. Like it just does. <laughs> Andy fucking hates it. He hates watching Pete Dunne wrestle. <laughs> He's like, I, I hate that shit. He's like, no, I love it. Keep doing it. 
Was Andy want like realistic or something? Or like... no, he 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 hates it because it it makes him squirm. Like it, it's like what I'm saying. It looks it, believably it looks painful until he's doing the I snap your finger shit. Oh, what kind of makes me squirm is when he like twists the elbow kind of thing and like yeah we twist the elbow and the forearm and the wrist around and backwards and shit and it's all wrong and you know the angle's wrong on all that mm-hmm. yeah that's like oh my god ugh. until i until i noticed that the camera didn't cut away quick enough i noticed that kelly and dane like lifted up his arm and moved it while he went to go stomp on his arm oops yeah, <laughs> so I was like, ah, camera guy, you fucked up. <laughs> um, what else? It Killian Dane. I don't. Vince really fucked up on the whole. Uh, what was the group that he was with? Sanity. Sanity, like, dude, Killian Dane is fucking amazing. His agility. He's really hairy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Albert Harry. <laughs> He, he he can move. He reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow. That's a, yes, that's a very good comparison, actually. Um, he yeah, he's really good. He's strong. He can cut a promo. Like I, I'm not saying like he's gonna talk people into the building or anything, but mm. he, he, if you need him to cut a promo, he can do it. He can carry himself in a segment, I think. And uh, I don't know what the fuck. Like I guess he's a fat guy, but then Vince pushes other fat guys, or he likes other fat guys. No, Vince, Vince likes to make... There's two things that Vince likes to make fun of or put him in, like, funny, stupid comedy gimmicks. And that is black, pe- Otis. black people and fat people. Otis Dozovich has become a fucking punchline now. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a joke. Like, he now... Heavy Machinery was always kind of like a funny tag team, but I don't... I'm not calling them a comedy act. But they are now. Well, <laughs> Well, look at the shirt that it, like Otis always has to wear. He has to wear that like small uh, shirt to make his. Somebody must have saw him back. I bet what happened was Vince saw Otis backstage one time without a shirt on. Like he was just in catering and he was getting water or fucking Gatorade or some bullshit. He's hot because look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he saw his big belly and everything, and he's like, <laughs> "You should wrestle without a shirt, pal. It'd be funny." You seen that movie Tommy Boy, or whatever the fuck you know when he does the fat guy with the little coat thing, whatever movie that was. Yeah, Tommy Boy. Because Otis reminds me of fucking um, Chris Farley. Chris Farley so much it's weird. Uh, and he's like, he, of course, Otis is like, okay, yeah, and he like he'll do it, yeah. And I guess he's having fun with it. I don't know. Well, I call them the Bushwhackers because they had they kind of. They don't do the whole, like, I'm licking your fucking head and everything. Or They're butt. not, like, retards? Yeah. <laughs> but they, like, especially Otis when he talks, like, super, uh, hick, I guess. And He's like, super overly animated in, just in general, but I don't know, like, because Tucker doesn't really seem weird. He's usually, like, straight. He's pretty much the straight guy mm-hmm. in the team, and then Otis is the one that's fucking crazy. Oh. Right when I noticed he he did the worm or like the caterpillar or whatever. The caterpillar. I was like, yeah, they're gonna become a comedy group. Yeah. <clears throat> it's okay though. I mean, o- Otis is funny. It's just, uh, hey, you know what? If you can in wrestling, if you can get into that comedy niche, 
not like the the shit they do on the indies, but like become a legitimate comedy wrestler. Uh-huh. It's not a bad gig, especially for like your longevity and shit in the business or something. Yeah, because you can like I don't know. Big Show is like the most weird. Like sometimes he's a comedy wrestler, sometimes he's not. But now, now he does D and D and plays Destiny all the time. Big Show plays video games and does D and D. Yeah, that's that's cool. Well, he earned my respect more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Cool, but uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, sometimes that comedy gimmick can be a really nice, sweet spot in wrestling. So sometimes um, the comedy pays off a little bit. Where yeah. you, know, you know you do all this comedy shit and you, you become a jobber in some way, and then all of a sudden Vince McMahon goes, "Hey, you want to be pushed?" Like out of nowhere, and it it just happens. Think so. about Santino Morella, man. Like, I hated the Cobra bullshit and everything. <laughs> yeah, I always thought he was kind of funny, though. I thought he was legitimately pretty funny, <laughs> but I hated that Cobra move. That was fucking stupid. Shameless, shameless, shameless. <laughs> <laughs> but think about how his career went. It's like after his weird little heel turn and everything and how he became like a comedy guy, he didn't have it. He wasn't in like a bunch of crazy matches that fuck your, your body up or whatever. He had relatively easily compared to like a lot of other guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. So something to think about there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back to the match. Um, I thought it was a decent match. Fucking a lot of good spots, I'll tell you that. But it, oh, had, yeah. it had a good flow. Um, didn't really tell a story because it was a number one, number one contender match. They're like, hey, you win this match, you go to Survivor Series and win it. And I thought all three of them did pretty well. And I was highly entertained, but not not high enough to give it an 8. I gave it like a 7 out of 10. Oh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a really good, hard-hitting, entertaining, believable match. I I don't know. It's like the... There wasn't really... Yeah, there wasn't really much of a story there. Mm -hmm. Other than Pete Dunne and Killian Dane having, like, a feud there. And I I guess Damian Priest, there was kind of a story. It's just it wasn't, like, super important to the match. Because, uh... Priest came in and kind of tried, he was make, trying to make a name off of Pete Dunn. That was the other thing. Yeah. The upstart. <laughs> <clears throat> and then you had Killian Day getting pissed at Pete Dunn because he tried to break his goddamn hand, <laughs> which is fucking understandable. So it was, it was, there was minor story to it. It was more about how all three of these guys don't like each other. They're going to have a match go. That's fine. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be a story all the time. Nah, but it does very, very good action. Very compared to like other triple threats I've seen a lot lately. The action was always very tight, very good, very snug. No mistakes. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of sense. Yeah, and uh, it was just good, and just the commentating was fucking amazing too. And all uh, all of these matches that we're going to be talking <laughs> about because Mara is mm-hmm. is a fucking king. Yeah. Um, next match, Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. What I noticed in this match is that they were making a lot of references to the Prince, uh, which is Finn Balor's pr- Prince uh, Devitt uh, in New Japan. That, mm-hmm. was, that was his gimmick. He was uh, a dick as Prince Devitt. 
and Prince he, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he faced bro Matt Riddle. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. I don't like Matt Riddle, and it's mm-hmm. for it's for a good reason. Okay. It's a good reason because he's playing that role pretty well. Like he's that jock person that I always hated in high school because he and he's 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 kind of a surfer because he says bro a lot. And, <laughs> and why doesn't he wear fucking boots? And I hate his flip flops because he's an MMA guy. You you're not allowed to wear footwear. But fucking the flip flop thing is annoying. I mean, I totally get that. Yeah, if he's a surfer, dude, why wouldn't he be wearing flip-flops like you just said? True. <laughs> so, he's a stoner. He's like a weird stoner MMA guy. <laughs> the, the thing I like most about him is like he talks shit about Goldberg and doesn't give a fuck. I love that. And he does the jackhammer. <laughs> he does the, he, did, he stole his two moves just to rub it in. He did spear and jackhammer. He used to not do that shit. <laughs> That's really fucking funny. Yeah, but um, I'm really impressed with what they're doing with Finn Balor here, and I was like, holy crap, like, it's believable now that Finn Balor is a, not, not a man you should fuck with, <laughs> sort of say. Um, I thought this match was a little bit sloppy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, they're not connecting really well. They're doing that whole, uh, you know, headlocks. I don't know if they were maybe communicating with each other on what they were going to do. It was stiff at times. I noticed that uh, Matt Riddle did hit Finn Balor, like, pretty hard in the head sometimes. And I noticed Finn Balor, like, kicked him in the face. So I wonder if (laughs) those were real shots at each other. There might have been some receipts in there. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, what the fuck? And probably found out, like, hey, mate, fucking stop it. I will fucking kick you again. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because there was one where he, like, fucking, you know, when he stomps on the chest, like, he, like, put more oomph into it. <laughs> yeah, that move. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're going to break his fucking chest. But, uh, I don't know. I. I... Matt Riddle, like he has to have like the the bro to sleep, the the bro hammer, and he just names all his fucking moves a bro. Really, it's okay. It pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> I I don't know. It's I I, I like Matt Riddle. He, he uh, <clears throat> I don't know. He he's kind of strange, but like that's good. That's to his advantage because that makes him stand out more. He gets way red, by the way, when he wrestles. Yeah, he's like Lesnar. He turns fucking red, like. <laughs> But um, I, this match was pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying Finn's heel turn so far, and I like this this new aggression he's displaying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to where else things go with Finn from here. Uh, Finn really needed this win. He got it. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle's gonna be okay. Uh, it doesn't really matter if he loses. I think he's in that kind of position now, uh, safely. Uh, but but Finn's had a rough go of it the past year or so, and he, he needed a, a good win pretty badly. Oh, dude, he definitely needed a win. Because if he came in there and he did all this shit, and he's like, I'm back, the prince is back, and I'm taking back my, my brand and all this shit, and he comes in and he fucking loses, like, it just kill him dead. Mm. 
So that was logically what needed to happen. Well, apparently uh, Finn did something with Ciampa tonight, and Adam Cole was, like, laughing at Ciampa when he was on the floor. And, like... <laughs> And Finn Balor did a Pele kick to Adam Cole, so... Of course. <laughs> Fucking love Adam Cole. Oh, my God. So, it, uh, it's interesting, because he's just a one-man army now, so... one man. That's hit. honestly where my head was going. I was like, oh, maybe Finn should go after Chompa next, you know? That would be great. hmm Yeah. So, I don't know. There's not really a lot of things to talk about this match. It was just really back-and-forth mm-hmm. kind of thing. There was a lot of offense with Matt Riddle. I was like, I started going, well, Finn's going to win since there's like more uh, offense with Matt Riddle. Because usually when, you know, somebody gets beat up a lot, the other side like gains strength and then wins it somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was like back and forth. And then Finn Balor started beating up Matt Riddle to the point where I was like, oh shit, is Matt Riddle just going to get like one bro to sleep or <laughs> bro hammer and um and win it and Finn Balor came through and I was like happy for that because if he would have lost I would have been like his career is done in my opinion because you can't have him do this whole demon king in the main roster and make him all badass and lose there and then come here and be the prince and then lose as the prince <clears throat> yeah, if that's what needed to happen. Uh, what did you think of the match, though, for score? What, how good did you think it was? I gave this a 6.90 out of 10. Okay. I gave it a 7. Oh. <laughs> Just because it was, it, it was good. Nothing bad happened, really. Everything was relatively smooth. The only thing I could really notice was I don't think that Riddle and Finn have good that good chemistry in the ring. Mm-hmm. Their styles are very different. They just didn't really click, I think. Um, could be Matt uh, Riddle's ego, too, at the same time. I, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think, judging from the way Matt explains his fandom for wrestling, I think he would have respect for Finn Balor. So I don't know, because he he seemed to make it pretty clear that he thought Goldberg was a terrible wrestler. He is, and and he hated it that that like people really liked him compared to people like Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart and stuff. He ain't wrong. He's not wrong at all. But you know, Goldberg honestly, <laughs> me and my me and one of my buddies at work always talk about like how certain people have like a they have a time limit on their matches before they start getting bad. Mm-hmm. And Goldberg's one of those people. If, if Goldberg can have one of those five minute, ten minutes tops matches where it's just fucking all out from the start, it's fast paced. It's just like a bunch of heavy hitting shit. Like it's it can be a pretty fun match to watch. Yeah, a quick story. Um, that same uh, Raw after Mania, the one where Roman Reigns got booed, and then he's like, "This is my yard now." Um, it's still funny to this day. But after Raw ended, uh, Goldberg came out. And this was like off the air kind of thing. And this is when like people were just sick of Goldberg to when they were booing him. And he goes on the mic and he just like says, I didn't do this. I didn't come back for you guys. 
And he's like, I came back for one person. And he's like pointing at his son. And his son took his shirt off again like a weirdo. And like like did the whole muscle thing in, in the ring. He's like, I did it for him. And he's like, I might come back, but I don't know about for you, but for this guy. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. You didn't come back for your son. You came back for the money. <laughs> don't fucking lie. I mean, it was probably a combination of those two things, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, I that's such a weird thing to do and say. I wouldn't have done that because it's like saying, you know what? I fuck you all. I don't, uh, I'm here because I want to be here. It's like, fuck you too then. Well, what kind of fucking reaction do you think you're going to get from that? That's his personality throughout. Like, he was an asshole. Like, I, uh, uh, I think it was a house show with WCW. And the only person that actually beat Goldberg during his undefeated streak was on the house show, and it was w- William Regal. What? Yeah. Well, I didn't know about this. Like, he beat him up. And it, I think Goldberg didn't want that to happen. But, like, William Regal, I believe, like, forced the pin, and he won. And just... Oh, I heard about this, actually. Now, now that you're talking about this, yeah, I remember hearing about this. Uh, I think Regal was teaching him a lesson, <laughs> so to speak, from what I understand. Yeah, and apparently Regal got a lot of heat, probably, which is the reason why he went to WWF after WCW. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened. I think some people backstage didn't really like Goldberg, and I think Regal probably, they were talking, and it's like, Regal, why don't you shoot on Goldberg and fucking teach him a lesson? Because mm-hmm. he could fucking do that. <laughs> and I guess he did. <laughs> so. Yeah, and he won, and pretty much the WCW like officials like, this match never counted. It never happened. Yeah, wow, I almost forgot all about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I I don't like Goldberg because he's just a trash fucking wrestler, and I didn't really care for his his streak when I used to watch WCW. I know it was lame. Yeah, I was kind of t- starting to tune out of WCW at the time with that. He was like, Gold- "Come on!" I thought Goldberg was like a Stone Cold ripoff. Like that's kind of a dumb thing to say in a way, but like at the same time, it's like you got to think about like the timing of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like they they push bald goatee guy who beats people's asses. Now, Austin's push is different from Goldberg's because Austin didn't just out-and-out whip people's asses and and just dominantly beat people all the time. Usually, he had to fight for his win. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was, like, sometimes he would have that match where he would just absolutely fucking destroy somebody or something. But in a lot of his big angle matches or something, like, it wasn't like he was just dominating people. He was was having a fight. (laughs) So... Man, where was I going with this? Yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, it's... Yeah, I don't know. You talk about wrestling, you talk about a bunch of different stories and shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a Finn Balor and and Matt Riddle. They, they, they did well. I was, it was fine. It was, it was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. But let's get to that main event. Mm-hmm. The, the males... Well, war games. I, I, I almost hesitated because I was looking at the women's thing. On the the male enhancement match. <laughs> <laughs> so their thing was uh, Champa. Um, Who's that other guy's name? Champa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. 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 God, it's easy. <laughs> Fuck you. 
<laughs> no, it's not really easy. It's I hate that name. Hey, he... They introduced they introduced him as Chris Dijak before he got his push. Mm-hmm. And then now they change it to this shit. I'm like, why don't you just keep calling him Chris Dijak? This is fucking stupid. Dijak is much easier. It's it's much easier to say the Dominic Dijak. It just sounds like a fucking made up name. It sounds like bullshit. Yeah, but uh... those really bad names like Michael McGillicuddy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they didn't have a fourth. And Champa apparently said that like he talked to somebody. He may show up and he may not. But they're still going to go to war. And they went to war with the Undisputed Era, which I think this is their second one. Or did they, did, did they, all, did they do all three? Uh, I think they've been in three of these things, yeah. Yeah, so they're... Um, I think they won both of them, I think. They, they won both the previous two, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to double check that while you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say Undisputed Era is probably one of the best stables they ever did in a long time. Yeah, since uh, probably since Evolution, for being honest. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole knows how to work crowd. Uh, I think the the weak link is probably Bobby Fish because <laughs> he's just like this old guy that's with uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And, um, I mean, calling Bobby Fish a weak link is like, I, the, he's still a really good wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like, he's still good, but he's like, if Bobby Fish got injured, which he did, by the way, um, you don't really miss him that much, is what I'm trying to say. Because when I think Roderick filled in for Bobby Fish and they were champions with Kyle uh, O'Reilly as tag team champs. Yeah. Oh, my microphone went out for a little bit. Whoa! Am I good? I'm good. You're good. You're good now. Um, <clears throat> it was a lot of back and forth shit. I think this was a big spot fest more than the women's. I think. Do you think? Because uh, they had more spots, yeah, but I don't know that I would call it a spot fest. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't call it a spot fest. Yeah, they did a lot of the whole middle of the ring thing where I'm I'm gonna power bomb you on the, the little metal piece that they had in the middle. Um, it's like a big apron area. Yeah. Um, Champa was just fucking brutal, just throwing <laughs> Roderick into the fucking cage. How about that fucking shit he was wearing when he came out? He looked fucking badass when he came out. He looked like Casey Jones, right? Was that the- I thought it was like that, or like maybe he was going for like a, a scorpion thing. Or no, actually, I even said something about Death Stranding because I thought, is he doing a Death Stranding thing? Because he kind of looked vaguely like Higgs. Mm-hmm. Like he's wearing that gold skull mask thing or whatever. It's like, well, it's not really a skull, but I, I, I thought of Higgs initially. I thought when he brought out, like, that Casey Jones bullshit, I was like, oh, Johnny Gargano is going to be the fourth guy. And um, mm. lo and behold, I guess we'll jump to it right right now. Um, So I thought it was a pretty odd spot to do that because technically if they wanted to be picky about this with the rules, be like, all right, everybody's in the cage now. The match has officially started. 
But like after everybody was in the ring, they did like a a countdown, and then Kevin Owens came out. <laughs> I, I I think it would have been better if while Adam Cole was bringing out all the uh, tables and shit, like Kevin Owens came down to the ring and like beat the shit out of Adam Cole, and they both went into the cage. <clears throat> yeah, that probably would have been better because that goes into that trope where they always have to like do the all play their music and they come out. Yeah. They can't just have somebody run out anymore for some reason. They're like really averse to that for some reason. Yeah. So I, I thought that that's what was going to happen. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny that Adam Cole set up the table on the barricade and then all of a sudden like it's pushed onto through the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He spent all that time getting all that shit and he, like, weirdly set up that one table over there and, by the way, blocked that guy's entire view uh-huh. in that seat. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, I would have been like, Adam, you're blocking my view, you asshole, or something. I would have yelled at him. <laughs> and then, But then, like, he spends all that time setting that shit up and then always just pushes him through the fucking table. It's just funny. It was Champa. Champa pushing him. Right, oh, Champa, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin Owens comes out. Sorry, spoilers, whatever. <laughs> Keith Lee, I'm really impressed with. Um, he's agile. Um, he does look a little silly, in my opinion. Just like how he has the fat and like muscle combo thing going on. He's a fat guy wrestler. Yeah, but he has like that muscle thing. Like he's he's working out, but he doesn't have that six pack. He's like Vader. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, he could sure power bomb people. Like God, that's fucking. <laughs> It's called a spirit bomb. <laughs> when he does that big ass fucking power bomb. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he calls a spirit bomb. Right on, brother. You watch Dragon Ball. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he watches a lot of anime. Um, the, the tables. What, did you think it was excessive or? <clears throat> no, it was fine because they did something smart. Uh, Instead of having a bunch of tables and having people get all desensitized to having tables all the time, mm-hmm. you notice in the women's war games match, they called for the crowd was like, "We want tables," and they didn't get tables. Yeah, they, they got trolled by that uh, that one bitch, uh, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, <laughs> not Kylie Ray, but uh, yeah, that she trolled. That was a good move, by the way, to get some heat there. They saved it for later mm. instead of always like. There's chair shots here. There's chair shots there. It's just like, well, over the course of the whole show, it's going to lose its fucking impact. And you can tell Adam Cole is getting tired of bringing in tables because you can tell him you're <laughs> struggling. Like at the last few tables he was bringing in. That's why Chopper put him through that table so he could take a breather. <laughs> <laughs> he spent all that time moving all that furniture. But um, yeah, that, that was fine. It's like, okay, you want tables? We'll save them for later. And they gave him a bunch. Yes. <laughs> And I guess we'll talk about the Champa Adam Cole uh, off of the top of the cage and into the tables, which is that that was insane. Yeah, I got a little nervous because um, I was looking at Champa's feet, and I noticed yeah. he was like wobbling a little bit, and he was like getting caught up in the cage area. Like he had his feet down through the rungs. Mm-hmm. And Andy was like, this is making me nervous. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I'm watching him. He's like, he like put his, he's playing his feet down in the rungs, I think, just to get a grip on Cole. 
Uh-huh. And then he had to like step out of the rungs and get his balance on top of them. Yeah. This is pretty scary. Well, I could tell him and Champa were like communicating because right when Champa was like shaking in the legs area, I sort of had him call just like quickly wrap his arms around his uh I mean wrap his legs around the arm and like held on to him tightly so that <laughs> so that he wouldn't fall. And, yeah. <laughs> and when Champa got like stable and everything that's when he like hooked him a little bit like you said because i i thought he i thought he died i'm because he sold it pretty well because right when he went through the tables he didn't move and you shouldn't move after that (laughs) yeah the only reason why i was like oh he's he's okay is because nobody else was like like responding like oh is he dead because champa was there he was like laying on him and then like the referee did the whole uh you know, squeeze the hand thing that they usually do to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, okay, so they're not bringing on a stretcher. Um, apparently, uh, Bobby Fish needed to be helped out. They think that he's uh, nursing an injury, and that's why he was at Survivor Series uh, the next day. And obviously, mm-hmm. you need to sell that Adam Cole almost died. <laughs> he fucking sold it too, but uh, yeah, like it, it was kind of a, a big scary bump. Uh, I appreciate the effort though, and uh, they took care of each other. And I guess the most shocking thing was like Britt Baker was in the front row, and they got a shot of her, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Like she had the "Oh my god" look, mm-hmm. and she like had kind of had her mouth covered. And then it was hilarious because. She, I think Triple H was on like the after show thing or some shit. Yeah. And they're like, they brought that up or something. Like, yeah, Britt Baker was in the crowd. He's like, yeah, we totally didn't even mean for that to happen. The guy in the production truck didn't even know who she was. <laughs> it was just like, find the most shocked face in the crowd. It was hers. And it's like, well, your husband almost died. <laughs> so like, I guess that would be the most shocked face. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say before we rank it? Uh, let me see here. Uh, it was really cool to see Kevin Owens come back, and he was, like, hyped as shit. And uh, I still kind of hope he gets moved to NXT. Me too. Because I know he'll get treated better there. And they lost a big opportunity to do something at Survivor Series, which we'll talk about. They sure did. Uh, I guess he's still getting a push. Seems like he's going to be feuding with Rollins. Oh, boy. Uh, which could be good. And, yeah, we we talked at length about the big air raid siren spot, so I don't really have anything else. Yeah, so I, I gave this an 8.0 out of 10. So I gave it a 9 out of 10. Shit. <laughs> I was, I was uh, really on the fence about giving it that 9. Uh, otherwise, it was, like, probably 8.75. But, that, man, that big spot, that was very risky, and it was cool, and it paid off. <laughs> And a lot of the other action in between was really good, too. Like, Roddy was working his ass off, as usual. And, you know, Dijakovic was pretty impressive. Keith Lee was pretty impressive. I mean, all the Undisputed Era guys are good. It was just really fun, and it was good. Yeah. (laughs) As all these matches are. Oh, yeah, by the way, I went back and checked. The Undisputed Era has been in all previous two war games, but they lost the first. Let's see, which one is this? 
2017. They won the first one. They lost the second one. Oh yeah, that's right. They did lose the second one. So there, they're two and one now, or no, they're they're one and two. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> Even under the champions. Um, I I guess the final ranking I would give it is a eight point seven five out of ten for War Games for me. Like the show? Yeah, the whole show. <clears throat> See, I gave it I gave it a seven point seven five. Oh shit. Which is like it's just because I actually mathematically average and score. But uh that's really good though. A lot of shows are never usually that good anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's just the Finn the Finn Matt Riddle match and the, the fucking kickoff the oh, yeah. the kickoff fucking kind of dragged it down a little bit. See, if I don't include if I don't include the kickoff, it's probably a better score. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's where we're different. Is you sort of kick kickoff and I didn't, so that's the key. Don't watch the pre-show, people. <laughs> then you watch a WWE pay per view, and then they have like three or four matches on a fucking kickoff show, and sometimes it's shit that's good that probably should have been on the main show. <laughs> I guess we'll dive right into that since we're mentioning it. Um. You did watch the pre-show, so you don't have to go into deep detail. Just stuff that was good or bad and the ugly, I guess. <laughs> or, sure. Or were they all ugly? No, no. Uh, let's see here. Um, first, there's a tag team battle royal, Ooh. which is just a bunch of tag teams from all the brands. And it was like if one guy got eliminated, the whole team was out. Oh, Which God. is fine. That makes it more uh, palatable, I guess. Uh, I give it a 5.0. It was just nothing really big happened in it or cool or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, a, it, it wasn't really quite a cluster, but at the same time, it was just so, eh. But it wasn't offensive. At the end, it was uh, Street Profits and Rudolph. And. That man, they almost had a wrestling match in there. It was I was starting to get like into it because they they were starting to have a match, and then fucking Dawkins or no Montez got thrown out, and I was like, oh, it's over. And that was his face too. It was like, oh, it's over now. <laughs> so, they, they should really call R- R- Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler Rudolph. That's a good name. It's Christmas. Christmas is coming up. Call them Rudolph. Start selling shitty Christmas sweaters of them. And then they should be called Rudolph, and they should be uh, cri- uh, crappy Christmas sweaters, but they should also shoot promos and why Christmas is terrible. Oh, man, that'd be great. It'd be funny. That's that's good. <laughs> Call me Vince. <laughs> but no, uh, next, the next match is Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Leo Rush in a triple threat for the cruiserweight title. Does Akira Tozawa still go, ha, ha, ha? He didn't do that in this match. Good. I, I don't. I don't know if he's stopped doing it, but I don't know. I always thought that f- that spot was kind of funny. It's funny, but it was annoying at the same time. But I guess it works. <laughs> um, there's lots of good, tight, fast-paced action. I like when they try to do that in AEW, and it just ends up being sloppy, or you fucking lose track of what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, a lot of this. There was a lot of spots in this triple threat that actually made like. Or no, wait, I'm thinking of the one later. I'm sorry, there's like two or three fucking triple threats on this fucking show. <laughs> I almost misspoke. 
Um, I did notice the the guys in the truck couldn't really keep up with the action in this one a little bit. There's a lot of really awkward cuts and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, man, every time Tazawa hits that senton bomb, it's like fucking impressive. <laughs> he gets so much air on that move. They're all good wrestlers, uh, Kalisto, Tazawa, and Lila Rush. They are, yeah. And uh, the only other thing I have to say about this match is they did this one counter spot, and they did it like four times in this match, which I thought was like kind of stupid. <laughs> um, they There was always a spot where somebody did, you know the, the old Tajiri spot where he kind of handsprings into the ropes and bounces off and does the elbow thing? Mm-hmm. They everybody Tozawa doesn't do this but like both Kalisto and Leo Rush did this spot maybe two a piece for each other where they do the handspring in the ropes and then somebody would counter them they grab them by the waist and fucking throw them or something that happened four times in this match Jesus Christ I'm like god damn it if you just had to do that thing once why did you do it three more times it was just like nobody said no don't do that that's dumb I don't know. Because Vince probably was like, this is cool, do it four times. Well, I don't think, Vince doesn't agent matches out, I think. He just says, I want you to maybe, like, do this thing here, this is the ending, whatever. It's it's like the fucking producers, the, or road agents, whatever you want to call them, that help them work their matches out. So whoever agented this match, that was dumb. And there's more in this show later where it's like, I don't know what the fuck that, that agent was thinking, but that was fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, six point five out of ten. It was it was pretty decent, but nothing really mind blowing. And I think it was just a little too fast for its own good. Oh God! There's another triple threat match. Uh huh. Here's another one. <laughs> Undisputed Era versus Viking Raiders versus the New Day. And these are all the tag team champions facing off. Um, what were you gonna say? Uh, just. I, I don't like triple threat tag team matches. It's stupid, but they did it okay in this match because, like, uh, this is another thing uh, my buddy from work and I were talking about when we learned like they're going to be doing NXT in Survivor Series with everybody else. Mm-hmm. We're like, are they going to do like three different teams? How are they going to do that? And we couldn't figure that out. And then, of course, the most obvious solution happened: just have one guy from each team be in the match at the same time. You know, like, you know, you know, it'd be really. <laughs> Uh, good in my opinion. Um, make it a stipulation like on a NXT or a SmackDown or a Raw where you put them through matches or something. Like let's say Undisputed Era faces another a tag team and you know um, New Day faced another team and Viking Raiders faced a team. They kind of did like a tournament a little bit. And whoever won the tournament, the mini tournament that they had, they would get like a ringside seat until the other two face each other and eliminate. So, like, for example, they would be on the outside waiting. So, like, for example, if Undisputed Era won the tournament, they would be on the outside while Viking Raiders and New Day faced off. And then whoever won that match, then the Undisputed Era would come onto the apron, and then they would face the Viking Raiders. Because I hate, I hate the whole triple threat where they're all in the same ring and they could tag in in, in each other or something like that. They could tag the other team members and all that crap. It's stupid. Yeah, 
I hate that that aspect <clears throat> having multiple teams in a, a match where it's like, oh, the other guy tagged him in, so that team's out now. No, they thankfully they circumvented all that stupid bullshit by just having one guy from each team be in the match. That fixed that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see. Other than that, there was some cool power spots between Big E and Hanson. That was fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, the, the, but those two guys went at it doing various outpower each other spots. It was, it was just cool. It's the, um, it wasn't weird. Like AEW where they're just like trying to outdo each other all the time. Or like, well, the, the weird, I was going to say, well, they don't have power wrestlers at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> like, like John Moxley is their power wrestler, I guess. <laughs> well, they got Warlow now. That guy. War, Wardlow. Yeah. They got him, but did he have a match yet? No, he was he's like MJF's diesel pretty much for okay. now. Okay. Well, anyways, uh let's see. They went a little too long in this match, I thought. And then there was a spot where um they were doing dives outside and everybody got wiped out. Uh but in this case it made sense because Hansen was wiping everybody out. <laughs> You had a 300-fucking-pound guy diving on everybody instead of a 175-pound guy at AEW doing it. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, I, this didn't really make a lot of sense for me, but after this this dive spot, the, both of New Day guys were just out of the match for, like, a solid five or six minutes. And it was noticeable. I'm like, where the fuck are they at? <laughs> Like, what, did they take Moses the damage in that dive? I guess it just—I it, just thought that was kind of dumb. Um, after that, it was—it ended. Uh, I fucking can't remember who won. I think it was. Uh, it says here the Viking. Uh, I almost said Viking the, Raiders. I almost said the Viking Experience. <laughs> God damn, the the worst name. But uh, it made me wish that any combination of these three teams could just face each other instead of having this triple threat. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it was just New Day and Viking Raiders, I would have rather watched that than this. Just stop, uh, just stop doing triple threat unless you're, you're going to either do a tornado or, or just, <clears throat> just stop it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if this was a tornado match, this would have been even more acceptable and probably would have played out a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I gave it a 6.75 out of 10 anyway, because it was pretty fun. There were some cool moments. I just think it dragged and it prevented it from being good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now we're on to the real deal shit. The real survivor series. Yes. So we're starting with the women's match. Yep. Which was team. Raw SmackDown and NXT. Yeah. With Sasha Banks doing SmackDown. Uh... Charlotte. For Raw. Yeah, Charlotte for Raw, and then was it... Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley again. Just pulling double duty. Um, I noticed this match wasn't uh, as good as the War Games one was. Well, this is a different match, too. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but it almost had a similar thing, because Rhea Ripley was outnumbered again. Yeah, she got outnumbered again. Two nights in a row. And she won. Damn, somebody's getting a push. Yeah, and I don't know. I I just... The main roster women 
because here's an example. On SmackDown, you had Sasha Banks, Carmella. Well, Carmella's kind of decent. Um, She's okay, but she did way too many goddamn super kicks in this match. Oh, God. You talk about a super kick party, fuck, she did like 14 super kicks or something. It was retarded. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Dana Brooke was in it. And then Lacey Evans is in there, Nikki Cross. Uh, mm-hmm, that's the SmackDown team. Yeah, and then Charlotte had Sarah Logan, Natalia. And the Kabuki Warriors. And the Kabuki Warriors. And I'm just like, I don't know. They're not doing well on the main show, but still, they're better than the men's, in my opinion, for the main show. But We'll get to that. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Just th- nothing really came out to me. I just think that Rhea Ripley is fucking amazing, and yeah, that was the only time I think there was a, actually a big reaction for this match is when she first got into the ring. So everybody was like, ah, "Here we go, shit's gonna pick up," or so they thought, because she immediately got trapped in an armbar by Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> she like ran into like leveler, and then Oscar did that crazy jump in counter armbar that's like awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been a fucking cool match to see Oscar versus Rhea Ripley fuck oh and here's another thing that like kind of annoy- annoyed me like Rhea Ripley and them they went through this war and war games and like her Bianca Belair and uh, Shirai were a team it's nothing personal she understands it's just business she picked who she thought was the best people <sighs> I don't know I, I guess <laughs> That I mean, was it really was it really heated between them in the buildup? Like, I thought <laughs> her thing was really just with Baszler. I guess, I guess you're right. I don't know. Yeah. I I just think it's weird when it comes like that. It's like, oh, you just went through this battle and shit, and like Belair just hit you with her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you got any other notes about this one? No. Let me hear your. Notes. Uh, let's see. Belair was pretty impressive in this match. She had a good <clears throat> stint in there. She did that that fucking she busted out that four fifty and got Sarah Logan out. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I like that she doesn't do that all the time. Take notes, other wrestlers. Don't do your big impressive move all the fucking time. Yeah, you fucks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Carmel and Charlotte do that fucking crazy ass spot in the the top rope corner you know the one where carmella doesn't do the stratosphere yeah and then it's like charlotte counters her to do a power bomb and they they spend all that time to do a crazy reverse double they do a triple reversal of each other mm-hmm. like i was like damn that's cool i forgot that they did that together <laughs> i already commented on carmella's super kick party um Kyrie Sane got eliminated really fast, and I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> I didn't. Didn't the fans boo? Yeah, they did because it was bullshit. <laughs> like everybody knows she's really good, and then she just got in there for like a two, like maybe a minute and a half, and she was eliminated. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Oh, wait until we get to the men's. Oh you. yeah, there's a big one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte and Oscar fought for a while, and then they with each other. And then Oscar missed Charlotte and then leaves. And that causes, that got a big reaction. The Green Mist got a big reaction too. Which is cool. What do you think about the Green Mist? It's like, 
I don't know. Every time like an Asian goes in the WWE, it's either they're really funny with their accent or they just spit out like fucking stuff out of their mouth. Well, in this case, we haven't seen the mist in a really long time. Okay. Like the last guy to do the mist spot was Tajiri. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he did it in the cruiserweight classic. I don't remember him busting it out at any point. No, I don't think he did. So like the last time we saw Tajiri do a green mist was probably in the mid two thousands. Like I want to say maybe 2005 at the latest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not all the time. It's just like Oscar was probably the only person you, you could believe would be weird enough and crazy enough to do a green mist. <laughs> oh yeah. It's believable. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a, tr- it's a trope, but in this case, it's a cool one because the great Kabuki originated the green mist. And that was a guy from like the late seventies or something. Uh, and Sasha Banks and her, like, when she tries to get all ghetto while she talks and stuff, it really annoys me. I don't know why. Like, yeah, oh, uh, I don't, I, I don't understand that either, I guess. Sometimes she's good at it, and then sometimes it just seems like it's kind of silly. <laughs> hmm. Uh, oh yeah, there was that part where Tony Storm got put in a double submission, oh, and then her team just did not fucking help her. <laughs> I was like, why did you guys let her get eliminated? Yeah, that bothered me a little bit. because I was like, dude, they like she got put in a double submission. I understand if Rhea didn't really think, I don't need to help her. She's got this because it's just one submission. Mm-hmm. But she got put in two. <laughs> Damn. Uh, then it just gets down to Rhea and Sasha, and they have a pretty good match, and then fucking they do this thing where eo and candace come back out because it looked like they were selling injuries from the war games match because they both got there was a spot where everybody got fucking crashed and burned outside or somewhere and the two of them didn't get back up after it was over they were like oh we're fucked up uh and it's like they had war games last night it was crazy they're they're hurt it's like okay then they come back out and just help Rhea win which was kind of funny (laughs) And weird at the same time. But. It was weird and funny. I don't brand loyalty, brand supremacy. Six point five out of ten. I actually gave that a six point five out of ten too. So it was a, it was all right. It was just I don't know. There wasn't. I think there's too many people in these matches for you to have like a, a good match. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There were some cool spots though. Indeed, there was. Just not enough to make me go, ooh, ah. Uh. Yeah. Um, next match, Triple Threat, another one, woo. Uh, WWE Intercontinental Champion. Oh, we could talk about this. Uh, mm-hmm. The change of the title, what do you think of it? Well, I think you said you didn't really like it. But uh, I think it's it, it looks fine. And uh, like I said, it reminds me of the NXT title designs more than anything. Which is which is good. It's better than the fucking belts WWE's been coming up with lately. True, but they didn't really need to uh, change it because it's like one of the good belts that they had. I, you know, I understand that too, but also to some extent, it kind of bothers me that they would bring back the classic title design, and the Intercontinental Championship isn't ever featured prominently. You know what I'm saying? True. 
Good There's point. no big angles over the Intercontinental Championship anymore or anything. A lot of people think they did that because Cody was the last person to change it, that title. No, I don't think so. That's there's that's the weirdo AEW conspiracy theorists and shit. It's like the same thing where it's like they don't ever let Bailey wear the title because of the way her attire is. Have you seen that shit? <laughs> no. Where it's like, okay, you know how it says Bailey on her top? It says Bay Lee. And it shows AE. And then when she wears the title, it says W. AEW. I'm like, you all are fucking stupid. Oh my god. Jeez. <laughs> um, I love Sami Zayn is like the manager for Shinsuke, by the way. He's great because, he, I mean, he's a good talker. It's really hilarious because the way his career started. Mm-hmm. Like El Generico, and he, he's a mute luchador. <laughs> And it's just like, who would have known that guy could have ever become like one of the better talkers in wrestling, like in modern day. I just love how he dances with Shinsuke when he comes down to the ring. I love him being hype man for him. It does it does help Shinsuke some more, and uh, I guess it gives Sammy something to do because I, I just don't know what the deal is that they don't like him wrestling or something. Mm-hmm. I, I heard supposedly he was having shoulder problems again, and they're letting him kind of rest. But that may be the case. Maybe. Uh, um, what, do you, what do you think about this match? Oh, yeah, it was Roderick Strong and AJ Styles. We just talked about Shinsuke Nakamura. I just fucking forgot about that. Here's my thing. I like Roderick Strong. Yes, me too. I think he pretty much brought this match to an interesting point. AJ is good, too. I actually did like the AJ versus Shinsuke battle that they were going on. I was like, oh, this is what WrestleMania should have been instead of, like, a low blow fest. Oh, yeah, they were having great matches after the weird... I still think it was really funny how Shinsuke would do a low blow. It was, like, it was funny for some reason. He would just, like, get really into it. Yeah, he would just... <laughs> oh, and he, like, took immense pleasure in hitting him in the nuts. It was incredible. He would just stay there and just cherish it in as he just hit AJ Styles nuts. Yes. <laughs> but AJ, you could tell he's on his tail end of his career because he's just like, oh, I'm going to do what John Cena did and just have my same five moves. Where it's just like, I'm going to do the brain buster, going to do a phenomenal forearm, going to do the Styles Clash and let's call it a night. <laughs> Hey, you know, he's got to pick his spots smart, smartly because he wrestles a pretty high-energy impact style, and now he's in his 40s. Because mm-hmm. he's starting to slow down, I think. And in this case, you're in a triple threat with Shinsuke's not really young either. I think he's he's closing in on 40 soon, but he wrestles a different style. And Roddy's still pretty young, and he he's a fucking workhorse. Dude, he, his suplexes and shit are fucking amazing. Yeah, man. Like, so it's like, you got the, you, you got Roddy who can like keep the pace up and you got Shinsuke. Who's pretty much kind of a ground based wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just do, do some cool shit, do some of your cool shit. That's not crazy. And I don't blame him really. That's, I guess that's what I'm getting at. If that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then you have AJ who's like a little bit of balls. So he could do a little bit of ground, a little bit of air and, He's yeah. high octane, but Roderick Strong is what really impressed me. His suplex—he reminds me of a 
a Chris Benoit in a way, just without killing the family part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that crispness to him when he does when he does like a suplex or something, and he's got like that snap. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was a very good triple threat, actually. Yeah, it was very very logical. There were several spots in this match where it was like the fortuitousness of fighting two other people at once led into being able to do another move based off of somebody's offense a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like uh, Shinsuke would kick AJ and AJ would stumble and then Roddy would catch him and do a backbreaker or some shit. Stuff like that happened a lot in this match. And Roderick Strong was also selling about war games too because when he got hit a couple of times, he's like, ah. And he was... It took him a little longer to get up than the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I thought... I thought it was a decent match, and I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, let's... I'm trying to see if I had anything else I wanted to say. No, yeah, pretty, it was good. Uh, a lot of what I got wrote down is just little minutiae or cool spots that impressed me a lot. Um, I gave it a 7.75 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It was almost like... I don't know, it could have been great, but it, it was just barely out of reach. Yeah. Um, I think this next match almost has the same feeling a little bit too, but it it had a good story and good selling in this match, and I'm talking about the NXT title match between Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, both showing that they have injuries, by the way. One, uh, Pete Dunne in the knee area, and Adam Cole in the ribs area. End the wrist. So this is where Morrow was supposed to be doing commentating, and this is where he said that Morrow um, blew his voice out. <laughs> blew his voice out, and he's going to be on NXT on Wednesday, which he he wasn't uh, tonight. <laughs> but uh, I thought Michael Cole and Beth Phoenix and Nigel were, were kind of decent in commentary. Yeah, when Cole's not acting like a fucking goober, he could be a decent commentator. Yeah, Triple, so. Triple H must have been on the other end, and Vince probably took a piss break. He's like, NXT, fuck this shit, I'm gonna, gonna go out and get hot dog or something. <laughs> this is your show, pal, and he just walks away. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard a little more zing into Michael Cole, where usually he'd be like, Oh, that was a pile driver. Oh, why don't you, uh, you know, sign up for the network? <laughs> <laughs> Headbutt. Uh, WWE shop. Go. <laughs> Steve Lawson is going to have a, a show after this. Make sure you go to <laughs> you. Uh, you tune in after Survivor Series. Um, but no, he was like really getting into it, and of course, Nigel is like. Adam Cole is the greatest ever. <laughs> oh, that was another. That was another thing I want to bring up when um, Corey Graves, uh, Nigel, and Michael Cole were on commentating, like <laughs> in the, uh, the the Roderick, uh, AJ, and Shinsuke. Mm-hmm. Nigel kept on talking about Roderick Strong and how good he was, <laughs> and Corey's like. Man, you know everything about Roderick Strong, don't you? He's like, yeah, he's the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking Nigel was going in hard for NXT. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but that's okay. I don't blame him. Yeah, but um, I really did like this Adam Cole. Oh, not a lot, but enough to be like, wow, they really did sell like you know, getting hit in the ribs and get hit in the knee, and it was it was a battle. It was very strong style in a way for both. Pete Dunn and Adam Cole. Adam Cole did his like usual, you know, Canadian destroyer and fucking super kicks. I yeah, th- this was more like a a real strong style match, not what people fucking say or claim is strong style. Mm-hmm. Which is like just fucking horse shit. <laughs> but um, not that British strong style is horse shit, but just what people in general say. Oh, it's strong style. That's just. Whatever they do in Japan now or something. <laughs> it's totally different from what Strong Style used to be. Um, yeah, I liked all the offense in this match. It was very vicious. And both guys, Pete Dunn's usually pretty vicious anyway. That's why I like him. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of Regal. If you go back and you watch some of Regal stuff, uh, he's got that same kind of, I don't know, that mentality he does in a lot of his offense and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think that match should have ended after that Panama sunrise on the apron. Yeah. <laughs> like if both guys just didn't get the fuck back up, that would have been fine. <laughs> Cause like he, when you take a bump on the apron, it fucks you up and his ribs are fucked anyway. And Pete Dunn got flip pow drived on the apron. <laughs> like he should just be out, but no, they got back in and then Adam Cole does a super kick and he kicked out. It should have ended there too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go just a little bit more, and then Adam Cole gets gets his win, and I was like, ah, that was that was a little self indulgent. I think he probably should have ended it two moves ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of killed the the whole. That's a big spot doing a damn pal driver on an apron. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's where like the whole. Uh... You know, we used to be part of the Indies and ROH and all that stuff, so we're going to do these, like, cool-ass moves that should, like, end matches and maybe pop the crowd a little bit. And I think that's what happened. And I thought it went on a little too long. That was the only gripe I had about this. Because I was like, all right, end it already. (laughs) Yeah, it did get just a little too long in the tooth. Not too bad, but that was my only real big complaint about this match was... That how it ended, where it ended, because mm-hmm. I don't. I guess it would have pissed people off, but fuck. I mean, both guys had hellacious matches. Adam Cole almost fucking died last night. <laughs> <laughs> like I think you could do a double count out, and it would be believable for both of these guys. Uh, and then you hey, you got an angle for later too. That match ended with both of us getting counted out. Let's have another. I think it should have ended because. You know, Adam Cole almost died. Like, he, yeah. he should have been limping throughout that whole match, in my opinion. And yeah. Yeah. I think he should have won by, like, a, an interference, maybe, or a DQ. Or he would have lost in a DQ, I would say, so he wouldn't lose the title. And maybe, like, drag the Pete Dunn feud a little bit, just so that they could have a feud. Uh, Maybe. I think it seems to me like... Adam Cole's getting a pretty strong push right now. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a DQ win would have probably, it might have hurt that a little bit if that happened. 
because it seems like he's he's getting a better push than what he did the last time, like when they were pushing him. I mean, he's beat Daniel Bryan on TV, and he fucking, I guess he took Seth Rollins to the limit, you know? Yeah, but so. he, he could have, I guess he could have got a dirty win, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. So what I, do you score it? I gave it a, uh, because it slowed down a little bit, 6.75 out of 10. I gave it an 8. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I get just the selling, the goddamn psychology, man, and it was good. Like they did a lot of really good offense. It's just that the the ending was the biggest gripe for me. Mm-hmm. Oh god, this match! Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend for yeah. the blue Universal Title in a red light. In a red man, why do they do this red light bullshit? Like. I, it's just hard on your eyes, you know? It's like, I feel like I'm watching a match through the fucking Virtual Boy or something. <laughs> it's, it it's you're not supposed to look at red light. Of course, now you're not supposed to look at blue light either. <laughs> it's just Vince likes it, I guess. I, it was, what was wrong with just seeing him, like, in normal lighting? It's, I, I, it's just, you get used to it. Eventually, I just kind of was able to look past it. The only, but, th- the only thing I can think of is that maybe the mask is too cheesy to be in regular light? I don't think so. I think it looks good. I mean, that's made by a professional fucking prop maker guy. Mm-hmm. Tom Savini. Um, but, oh, I have a side note. Like, I, I could not help this. I had to write this down. Uh, this has nothing to do with this match, but something happened while I was watching the pay-per-view. What? Um... Do you know when the WWE app updated? You might not, because I think you said you just resubbed, right? Mm-hmm. You notice how it's updated compared to how it used to be? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. to. I think this update was recent, like it came this year or something, but I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's terrible, and I hate how fucking companies feel this stupid need to update we're updating it, and they change the look of it and how it works, and it's it's usually not for the better. Well, I told this, I told you during the whole thing that it was like lagging and shit. <clears throat> well, I you know I, I watched it a day after, like I told you, like I'm gonna watch it the next day because I was actually watching other stuff. Mm-hmm. I was watching Titans and I was kind of getting into it, so that's and that that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, but like, uh, man, I hate the way you navigate it now. It was to me, it was a lot easier to find whatever you wanted on the previous version. Yeah. And this is fucking terrible. I don't know who made this decision, but they need to fix it. Uh, For some reason, my stream just stopped, like, right when this match was getting ready to start. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't couldn't get it to move backward or forward anymore, so I had to just close the app out totally and reopen it and go back. And for some reason, it didn't save my spot where where I was watching the pay-per-view, so I had to start all over. Now, that wouldn't be bad because you think you can just fast forward, right? Mm-hmm. Well, have you tried to fast forward on the WWE app recently? No. <laughs> it's fucking god awful. I, I don't know why they did this, but apparently you can only fast forward or reverse in 10 second intervals <laughs> over 10 minutes. It stops automatically after you fast forward for 10 minutes. 
and you have to start the process all over again. God, that's retarded. It took me like over five minutes to get back to the spot I was at just because of that. Because <laughs> it was in the middle of the show. That's stupid. Why does it take so long to do that? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I don't know if they stopped doing this, but it's, to me it seems like they stopped marking uh, specific spots in shows. Like where they say, this is where this match starts and this is the finish. Did they just quit doing that? I have no idea. Because I haven't seen those for a while now. And I'm starting to wonder if they just got lazy and quit doing it. Probably. Well, it sucks. And I I fucking wish they'd fix their shit. (laughs) I'm actually going to write like feedback bullshit for this because it pisses me off so much. That's the only way I'll be able to feel better about it. (laughs) Do it. So, yeah, back to the match. The red light sucks. Um, I'll quickly say this, and it's probably me as a bad reviewer doing this, but right when I saw Bray Wyatt come out and the red light turned on, I kind of tuned out a little bit. But then I kind of tuned back in when uh, apparently Daniel Bryan's back in the yes movement, or you think that he just used it for that moment because he probably thought he was going to win. And then he's probably going to be somewhat of a heel again on SmackDown. He drew from the power of the Yes Movement for a little while. Mm-hmm. And it was all for naught. <laughs> because the Fiend beat him. Yeah, because there was, there was a couple times where I was just like, oh shit, is he going to win? Honestly, it was a pretty good little match. It's just that that fucking red light <clears throat> makes it like hard to watch for a while. I I wonder how somebody who's colorblind from the red color watches this match. Andy is, he has some red color blindness. I should let him look at this and see what he says. <laughs> like, what do you, can, what's this look like to you? He's like, I, I think, I think he can see red. I think he said it was like pink or something. He has problems seeing, uh, but so who knows, but what are your notes? And I want to hear what you think about this match. Um, I don't have a lot of notes about the match itself because, uh, I thought it was fine. Like I was able to look past the damn red light after a while and, uh, just kind of studying what they were doing. I was like, I'm fine with them having Bray be dominant right now. He should be. I still think they fucked up when they did that stupid thing at hell in the cell. Mm -hmm. I think that that almost derailed him. It was bad. Uh, but oh, what were you going to say? I seriously think this is going to be uh, it's a booking problem because you now have a guy that can't be defeated because he's this like supernatural like Michael Myers serial killer and he the only way he loses is when a ref says, hey, I think you might be injured, like in that Seth Rollins match. Uh, I guess. I, I don't know if... I, I'm starting to think they're backing off of that a little bit now, just because of how this match went. Mm-hmm. Because it looked like Daniel Bryan kind of had him vulnerable for a little bit there. Like, he could, there was a window for him to win. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think now what they're doing is, and I hope this is what they're doing, is like Bray Wyatt is just really tough now. <laughs> like it's it, he could take a lot of punishment and keep getting up mm-hmm. which that's that's okay uh, you can have supernatural character like that and beat them like undertaker was like that for a while 
All right, so let's say he's still like the Michael Myers thing. Who would you have him beat? Uh, who who would beat him? Well, I'm afraid what they're going to do is they're going to have Roman Reigns beat him. Oh, God. I keep, I, I've been hearing Roman's going to get a renewed push for WrestleMania. So I'm worried that it's going to be Bray and Roman. I don't hate Roman, but like this is putting him back into that position where people get really annoyed with him again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, you're beating this guy that we really like now. You know, it's going to, it's just going to end badly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think they should do that. Um, as for who they should have beat him, I don't know. Like maybe fucking, they could have Braun Strowman do it, but they need to figure out what the fuck they're going to do with him. Yep. Braun Strowman's a guy I could believe that could beat this weird version of Bray Wyatt. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Bray Wyatt. Well, uh, not Bray. Um, Braun Strowman. No, we'll talk. They, they'll talk about that in the. Uh... We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um. Otherwise, yeah, it was fine. I like some of the moves Bray's doing now. Like I like that suplex throw thing he does. Mm-hmm. And especially doing it to Daniel Bryan, who's smaller, it looked really good. Yeah, Daniel Bryan did really. He he sold uh, Bray Wyatt a little bit to the point where I was like, "Oh my god, he might lose." But then Bray Wyatt came back and he beat him. I love the way Bray does the claw too. Now, like I, I love that he adopted the mandible claw, and I, I like how he does it. He like he it seems like he'll hit it with on you out of nowhere, mm. like even more so than when uh, Mick Foley used to do it, like. Some guy will run and jump at him, and in the middle of that move, he just grabs his fucking face and, like, jams him down onto the mat. It just looks really violent. <laughs> yeah, it does look violent because it looks like he's latching onto the tongue area and, like, pressing down. It's while, a nerve hold. Yeah, while, you know, mankind, it looked like he was just shoving his sock in, like, the throat area. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah, I like I also like I still think it's funny that they let Bray look like he snaps their fucking neck. <laughs> I think like it's... I, I hate to say this, but I'm waiting for that report. Like some child did the Bray Wyatt neck snap to his brother. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, he killed him. Like I hope that doesn't happen, but fuck. And then they're gonna have to ban that move, and then they'll probably turn Bray Wyatt face and be like, look, he's just Mister Rogers all the time. But he says, see you in hell. <laughs> they have a shirt of that now. I want that shirt. It just shows him looking really happy, and it's, it says, see you in hell on it. <laughs> I don't know. I have, like, a really weird sense of humor about shit like that. So what, what did you rank this match? I gave it a seven. Man, I'm I'm going lower than you. I'm, like, I thought this was, like, a 6.5. It's still not bad. It's just, you know, I guess... Maybe if the it was the the match was lit normally, you would have liked it better. Mm-hmm. That's my guess is the lighting bothered you more than anything. Yeah, it turned me off. I'd be like, all the time. I mean, it's legitimately it's terrible. They need to stop doing that. <laughs> until uh, Vince knows not to do it, and that's when it's usually too late, and everybody hates it. Yep. All right. Main event. Oh, no, no, um, not the main event. Should have been the main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get to that soon. Man, I thought we were at the end. Fuck, we gotta talk about that stupid match. 
We got two more matches, brother. Um, Team Raw, Team SmackDown, and Team NXT. Uh, team Next. Team Raw had Captain Seth Rollins burn it down with the locker room leader. Yep, <laughs> with Rick, <laughs> with Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton. By the way, they should start announcing Seth Rollins as the locker room leader. That would be amazing. That the would... locker room leader, Seth Rollins, get booed the fuck out of him. It would be amazing. <laughs> Watch it. They might do it. I hope so. Um, SmackDown had Captain Roman Reigns. Uh... Shorty G. Oh, God. God damn it. King Corbin. Oh, King Baron Corbin. Um, Are they calling him King Baron Corbin now? Mm-hmm. That's fine. I hate when people are just like, they're King Sheamus. It's just, it still is, but at least they didn't forget his first name, I guess. Yeah. And then, but King Baron sounds like fucking weird. <laughs> then I had Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, and that's it. And Mustafa team... got, oh, Mustafa got his first name back. Did you notice that? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm tired with WWE doing that. It's like, oh, you're Ali. Now you're Mustafa Ali. Now you're Ali again. Oh, Mustafa Ali. It's like when they were calling Apollo Crews, they just started calling him Apollo. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? <laughs> what was wrong with that? Team NXT had Captain Tommaso Ciampa, uh, mm-hmm. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Damian Priest, and then WWE UK champion Walter. That's Walter. Walter. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go right hard into it. Why do you have your undefeated WWE UK champion Walter get pinned first? The, even the crowd said that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. They hated that. And it was bullshit because he's getting some of the biggest reactions too. It was like it, when they were doing that thing between like all three big guys were in the ring and like Walter, Vol, I'm, excuse me, Walter. Walter was outpowering Braun Strowman for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Which was very impressive. And then it's like he just... I don't even remember how he got eliminated. Oh, Drew McIntyre just Claymore kicked him and it was, he was down? Yeah, like, and he really? Just, yeah, he just got thrown out. By you kick. seen this guy wrestle? He's tough as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so that that pissed me off right away. And yeah, I did not like that. The other thing that pissed me off is... When did Braun Strowman all of a sudden become powerful? I thought he was just like, Oh, I'm Braun Strowman, I'm a big guy, and... I'm sometimes strong, but then sometimes an idiot. Now he's, like, overpowered again. I mean, he's a really strong guy. He's just an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, This goes back to what are they going to do with him? They need to figure it out. Like, are you going to push him or not? You should fucking push him. I don't know why you don't, but. I think it's because that one time he fucked up on a promo where he had a live mic and he's like, oh, I'm going to get these hands, and that's all he kept on saying. I've heard that supposedly it has to do with his behavior backstage. Like, I don't know. That's what I hear. Like, or sometimes they think he's inconsistent or something. It's like, this is all fucking hearsay, though. I don't know. I don't really know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. My point is, like, look, this guy is special. You should, like, if you do have some kind of problem with his behavior, sit him down and fucking talk to him and tell him, hey, we want to push you and make you a big star in our company. Can you, like, get your act together? Because we, we want we want to do this, and you could stand to make a lot of money. I think he would probably get his act together. Uh, 
I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I still really like him anyway. I just hate the way he gets treated. What do you think of Chomp in this match? I thought he was good, but he seemed like he was getting stiffed by the main roster a little bit. I don't know if that you got that feeling. I didn't really get that feeling, but I thought he did fine. And uh, to me, he was one of the better parts of this match, really. Mm-hmm. But I really like Chapa anyway. So, I think Matt Riddle uh, faced off with Randy Orton a little bit. Oh yeah, Damian Priest was another guy that got out way too early. I think. Yeah. He got. He was like in there for like a minute, like beating the shit out of everybody, and he got hit with a move and was just out. I'm like. It was Orton, actually. He RKO'd him. I'm like, man, really? Yeah, and that, <laughs> that was another thing. They did the NXT where they were just down, outnumbered again. But they didn't yep. They didn't win this time. Not uh, this time. Yeah. <laughs> Your name's not Rhea Ripley. You're not winning if you're outnumbered. Yeah, and then Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns had their little shield powwow thing. And then Keith Lee's like, nah-uh, bitch. And like... Just like ran into them and like tackled them before they did the uh, ooh uh, power bomb through the the table. Ooh, uh. Did you notice Roman was getting cheered against Rollins? Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> how the tables have turned. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure Vince saw that, and that's why they, he did the turn. It's like, oh wow, this isn't good. <laughs> it, no, he was probably like, yes, now I get to push Roman. But I, yes. I, but a uh, spoiler: uh, Roman Reigns won it for Team uh, SmackDown. Um, but there was a little bit of booze when he won because <clears throat> they wanted obviously Keith Lee to win, but then Roman Reigns did his stupid uh, Superman punch, Superman punch, and then spear. I uh. I don't hate how this match ended because I, I understand. Like, honestly, they had a chance to make Keith Lee into a huge star right there. Mm-hmm. But I could understand them being a little hesitant to do that right now because he's still so green, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still fine with how it was handled because it was like Keith Lee gave Roman Reigns a hard time. So it's still like he came out of it looking good. I when- mean, he was in there with fucking main eventers, essentially. When he power bombed Roman Reigns, and like Roman Reigns was like his sold shoulder- out like a fucking champ. <laughs> like his shoulders were like barely on the mat because his head was like, like I don't know how to say this over a radio, but like he, he Keith Lee pulled his tights a little bit, his pants, and his like shoulders and heads were like on the ground. And he like pinned him. It was like one, two, and then that's when he kicked out. And I was like, "Oh, that was so fucking close!" Like that actually got me out of my seat. It did me too. I got that was great. Like the spirit bomb, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when when it was down to Keith Lee and with the other two, and especially when he started fighting Roman for a bit, that was like that was some hype stuff there. Yeah, and then uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, I was like. Because Kevin Owens was on Team Champa, I was like, "Oh man, this would be really great if Kevin Owens turned on Team Raw." Yeah, they they tried to tease that earlier. Where Seth's like, "Where's your loyalties lie, man? Where are you at, man?" And Owens was like, "Listen, I'm on Raw, okay? You guys fucking need me anyway." That was a good response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this shit, Raw desperately needs me. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, he still kind of had some. Uh, what the fuck happened to Kevin Owens in this match? Now I forgot. Champa fucking eliminated him. Oh, that's right. Like he was getting ready to get in, and he's hit him with that rope DDT really fast and got him. I was like, that's honestly, yeah, that's exactly what Champa would do. Because <laughs> I texted you really quick, I was like, "Well, there it goes my idea of Kevin Owens." Well, it's okay. Well, they're it's they're going in a different direction with Owens, I guess. Now, I guess he's going to feud with Rollins, which could be good. Mm-hmm. So, I I wrote that in my notes. I was like, "So Shorty G did things. <laughs> he did a few things, and then he got out. And then Mustafa Ali did a few things, and then he got eliminated." Um. By the way, there's countouts and triple threats, by the way? Uh, yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. Like, I didn't really think about it that much at the time. It just slipped my mind, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, Braun Strowman got eliminated by countout. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, okay, it's a way to get him out of the match without him losing to somebody, I guess. But that comes back to our question, what the hell are you doing, Braun Strowman? <laughs> Yeah, are you pushing him again? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> I thought Drew McIntyre was okay, but, like, not enough to be, like, ooh and on about. He still needs a push, man. I, they need to figure out what the fuck to do with him. That's, mm. that's another one where it's, like, they got a lot of potential with him to do something big, and they still haven't done it for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty much in my notes. What else you got on your notes? Um... I was confused about Ricochet's fucking attire. I'm like, what the fuck is he wearing? I'm done with Ricochet. I think he does nice moves and everything, but, like, they made him into that stupid superhero gimmick, and it's stupid. It's kind of silly. It's like what they did to Neville. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, or Pac now, I should say. Sorry. The bastard. The bastard. But, like, uh, man, you know what's really weird? You would never think this. But I discovered... Uh, a week or two ago, do you know who has the most wins on WWE TV right now for this year? Most wins? Yeah. Is it Ricochet? It's Ricochet. <laughs> Believe it or not, he has more wins than Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and everybody that they push. So why doesn't he have a title shot? That's really strange. I don't know. And he knows this, too, because he's brought that up on, on like social media. So, so it's like, that fact is not lost on him. <laughs> so literally, winning matches in WWE doesn't mean anything, if you think about it. I guess. I mean, really, granted, Ricochet's been beating, like, Nick Carters, and sometimes he has matches with big people like AJ Styles or whatever, but, like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm confused. Like, why why does Ricochet have so many wins and they don't do anything with him? It's weird. I think they could do some good stuff with him it's just that they they're not he's kind of just spinning his wheels why isn't he facing shinsuke for the title yeah is he on smackdown now or i thought he was on raw oh i don't know i don't keep track of this shit he's on he's on raw brother he's on team raw why doesn't he fight aj styles for his u.s title if he's not going to be in the main event because Rey mysterio beat aj styles for the u.s title yeah i know that now (laughs) (laughs) that happened the other night and i was like oh well Okay, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I'm guessing AJ Styles is going on vacation, probably. He's tired. He needs to go home and play video games for a while. Which he is. He's on Mixer right now playing uh, PUBG. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, my rank for this is uh, it's pretty much gonna be the same as last match. Uh, I didn't like the ending. I thought it was pretty cool that they did something with Keith Lee, like he was with the main eventers, but everything in the middle, I was like, didn't really care. I was actually more pissed off than caring. <laughs> so. That's okay, yeah, because a couple things happened that were like really irritating with some illumination. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I had a, a higher score, but I'm going to lower it a little bit to... I'm going to give it a 7.0 out of 10. Okay. So you had it's it just, You had it higher? Ta- it was 7.5. Oh, okay. And that's just because I, I liked a lot of the, the business that did happen in, in the match. It, the eliminations were really kind of the only real sore spot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really liked it when, like, like, like Chapo was able to get some shine in there, and so was Keith Lee. You know, that was that was cool. Oh my god, we have to talk about this match. I mean, there's not much to say about this fucking match. <laughs> I just want to say Bailey visibly looked like. Oh wait, wait! You forgot you're skipping one again. Rey what? Mysterio and Brock Lesnar. Oh god damn it! I thought that's what you were gonna. God damn it! <laughs> this, the only thing I'll say about this match is two things. One. Uh. Ray Doink Stereo. I like <laughs> I liked his outfit a little bit. He was trying to do Joker. It looked more like Doink. <laughs> yeah, that was not lost on everybody else. There's a bunch of memes like the best one I saw was like, I'm gonna tell my kids this is Doink the Clown <laughs> to confuse the fuck out of them. And it's like, yeah, that would actually <laughs> And then two, I thought it was pretty neat that they came out with Dominic with the towel. Kind of like mocking a little bit with AEW and then like doing the whole low blow thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was like. I like that Ray immediately went for the weapon. <laughs> that was fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Um, man, every time Dominic gets. Every time Brock Lesnar gets a hold of Dominic, it's like scary. This is the way he fucking bumps. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, he almost always lands on the back of his head and shit. Um, which if that's him doing that, I guess props to him. <laughs> um, I generally, cause remember me and you, we talked, it was like, it, it, it would be pretty cool if Ray got one more title run before he retired for good. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, have Brock lose to two P two versus one. And they tried that. It didn't work though. <laughs> No, they didn't. It didn't work at all. And, and it was just another. Uh, it was just another Brock Lesnar. You know, I'm fucking Brock Lesnar, and you're gonna lose. And I gave it a five point five out of ten because of the creativity of the Dominic angle, and that's it. I gave it a six out of ten, just because. Uh, it wasn't that long. It didn't need to be that long anyway. <clears throat> and yeah, there were some creative spots there. Mm-hmm. Ray was selling his ass off. Like he was fucking dying, <laughs> which was good. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't expect Ray to get a win. 
honestly. I thought it would have been cool if they did, but at the same time, it's like, if he didn't, I wasn't like going to get mad about it. What, what I thought was going to happen, I thought Dominic was going to come out with the towel. Then he was, instead of throwing the towel, he was going to do the wool blow. Whoa, blow. Yeah. But it was Rey Mysterio. And I think it would have been funny if they got that that uh, that other UFC wrestler in there to, like, finish him off and then have Rey win the belt so that it's a three versus one. So Brock is still looking strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have Rey win the title. And then I would just have Dominic fucking turn on his dad. <laughs> oh, wow. Eddie was right. <laughs> oh, my God. How awesome would that be? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm Eddie's son, not yours. Oh. Because remember when they had that match where it was like Dominic uh, uh, adoption papers on a fucking suitcase, the ladder match that they had? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They were fighting over a child. <laughs> Yeah, so I gave it a 5.5 because I was like, oh, it's another Brock Lesnar match. I don't hate his matches, honestly. I I, I never really do uh, just because of how fucking brutal they usually are compared to everybody else's. <laughs> Even if he is just does suplex people a bunch, I don't care. It still looks fucking believable. It's crazy. Uh, he just sweats just walking down a damn ring. Well, he's really white. He, he's very pale and he's sweaty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, main event time. Right, Becky Lynch versus uh, I almost said Sasha, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> and Bailey. Right off the bat, I want to say Bailey looked like she didn't want to be there because she knew she was going to lose and take the pin. I just think it's because she's still trying to figure out how to be a good heel. Which she's not. No. So I was going to say, at first, in the beginning of the match, I was like, oh, she's doing okay. <clears throat> on, I thought not so much. And then I thought back to her entrance and how she just, like, had no facial expressions or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, she just came out and was just, her mouth was just a straight line. And she looked kind of perturbed to be there, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and there was just no good body language. I was just like, what is she, what is she trying to transmit to us as, as a heel? Like, I'm just so confused. So she's like, a, she's a bad face. She's a bad heel. I don't think she's a bad face ever. It's just, she got pushed poorly, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, when I say, oh, Dakota Kai is a better, bit, I'm not saying Bailey was bad. I'm just thinking she's like better version. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's like saying John Cena is a better version of Hulk Hogan, you know? Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting at. But I, I know that's sacrilege, but like, in terms of being a, a, a wrestler, like John Cena is a better version of Hulk Hogan. This match was boring. Yes, it kind of was. I don't know where the problem was because Becky Lynch was in there. Um, Shayna, she's more of a ground. She's MMA, you know. She does. Uh-huh. She does like the grapples and the 
the fucking I almost said headstroke. <laughs> headstroke. Oh my god, <laughs> headstroke. They're down. The headlocks and all that stuff. And um Becky's more of like ground and pound kind of stuff and she's she's more ground based with some brawling and some suplex. And Bailey's a suplex because she does the belly to Bailey and whatever fucking move that she has and she has the elbows or elbow drop. But mm-hmm. <sighs> from beginning to end I was bored. And here's the funny part. When it ended and I was like, "Oh great, what's the what's the next match?" Cuz I didn't hear that this was the main event. Cuz I wasn't yeah. cuz I wasn't paying attention and then like, "Good night everybody." And I'm like, "Wait, that was the end?" Mhm. Yeah, because pretty much Shayna won, which by the way, highly impressed and amazed that Vince let NXT win. Yeah, that was a big takeaway from this uh, whole event, which is like NXT kind of won the whole brand supremacy thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the only reason why is it showed that this brand is more powerful than the main shows, so you know they're they're better than AEW. Honestly, that's that's good. They should have done that because the problem they used to have before with this kind of shit is always like <laughs> all SmackDowns always made out to look inferior. Or like back when they had ECW, ECW was never on the same level as the other two. It was always treated like they were a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Like they tried for like a hot minute to to make ECW look like it was on the same level. Back when they had like RVD and Big Show as champions. Yeah. But then like after that point when like Big Show was done being champion, it wasn't treated the same way anymore. Yeah. I, I was not impressed with Becky Lynch in this match at all. I don't think no, she, she she had kind of a a little bit of a weak performance here. I think the only person that I was actually impressed about, even though she came out boring in her entrance, was Bailey. Bailey did some different things in this match. She did this. She botched this move, but I still thought it was cool. Uh, she had Becky in the corner, and she did like a sunset flip, where it was supposed to look like she just fucking sunset flips her head into the turnbuckle. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she like overshot it or some shit. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, that's too bad. That would have been. That would have looked cool." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I will say, like, whenever Becky did get some offense, she kind of did revive the crowd a little bit. It's because they were dead for this match. Dude, they were dead throughout the whole match until uh, I know. Until Becky like got her arm bar or whatever, and she did her little comeback sequence and got an arm bar, and it was like, "Yeah!" And then it was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, and then. Shayna won, and then Shayna, like, celebrated, and then Becky, like... Now, what is this portraying? Because, like, I guess Becky was a tweener, but now is she turning full heel and, like, having a temper tantrum over it, or...? No, I think that fits into her, like, fucking fuck you, I'll fight you shit, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... Or was this Vince saying, yeah, you won the fucking Survivor Series, but you're still trash, so we're going to beat you up at the end? I think it was just a way to keep Becky looking strong was all. Because even though she didn't get pinned, it was just like, okay. Uh, It it felt awkward, her, like, beating her up at the end. It was awkwardly placed, but this whole match is awkward, Mm -hmm. honestly. So I guess it fits. (laughs) The crowd was dead. 
<clears throat> yeah, that spot where she put uh, Shayna through the table after the match was over, I thought should have been in the match. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know why they did it that way. Like, that could have been a really good way because <clears throat> think about this. Like I said, I made fun of Shayna a little bit, saying earlier, like, she didn't do much of that War Games match, and she got, like, riptided through some fucking chairs, and then she was just done. <laughs> <laughs> and she had, like, the little tape on her back to, like, sell it. Yeah. And they could have done that spot where, like, maybe Becky, like, because there, there was more animosity between those two than her and Bailey. Mm-hmm. They could have done this shit where they just started wildly brawling outside, and then Becky puts her through the table, and then her <clears> and Bailey <throat> just have a match. Because, you know... Those two can have a good match. Yeah. And I'm not saying Shayna can't with the other two. It's just because I think she did have good matches with Bailey, if I remember. Uh, but I, this this is another case where I'm like, who the fuck agented this match? Because this was really awkward and stupid, and we know all three of them can do better than this. Mm-hmm. I gave like, it. I, sorry, what, sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. What, what, were you, what were you going to say? I said, I just... I'm going to give you my rating right away. Sure. <laughs> I gave it a 3 out of 10. <laughs> Ooh, man. So you think this is just as bad as the Cracker Barrel Challenge and All Out? Pretty much. I would not go that far at all. <laughs> no. But that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Because, um, it, like... It, here's the thing mechanically it wasn't a bad match and they did nothing offensive or anything it's just that the way the match was laid out whoever was responsible for helping plot this match out and the placement on the card didn't help it either it was offensive to be a main event when it's being this boring sure yeah that's that that gets into card placement though that's like a whole other ordeal like i i would have i don't know who's i like here, and here's the thing, too. I get it, because honestly, through the whole Survivor Series buildup, this was one of the more heated angles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I could understand them thinking, okay, this will be our main event here. Uh, but I guess they just didn't count on the crowd being dead. It's like that men's Survivor Series match like sucked all the heat out. Mm-hmm. And that that's why I was saying that probably should have been the main event instead. Probably. This should have been in the middle of the show. Uh, other than that, I don't really know what else to say. The pace was just not right. Mm-hmm. It never really picked up good. It never really clicked. I know all three of them can do better than this. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I was like, Becky's good. Shane is good. Bailey is good when she wants to be good. <laughs> and um, it just, nothing came through. It's like they tried, but then like, like you said, they should. The, Shayna should have went through the table in like the middle of the match. It, that that would have been my like. That's what I was saying. Whoever fucking agented this was like dumb. Like I don't know what, what the fuck they thought they were doing. Because that's that's what I would have done. Is like Shayna's fucked up. Put her through a table. Let her sell. Give her another night off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then like have Becky and Bailey fight each other for like. 10 or 10 minutes while, while she's selling or something. <laughs> and then, then like, like maybe her buddies come out to help her. Like they revive her. Like get up. Come on. You got whipped their asses. 
and then maybe they 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 fucking fight Bailey and Becky too for a little bit, and they they eliminate them. I, I just made this a better match, and I'm just like fucking coming up with this shit off the top of my head. Sign him, Vince. <sighs> yeah, five point <laughs> five out of ten for me because <laughs> they tried. There were some go K spots in this match. It's just the, the pacing and the, everything else is, fucked it. All right, so let's get to our final ranking of Survivor Series. What did you give Survivor Series? 6.5. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I was doing hey. math. I was doing math in my head. It, it it could have been a seven, but like the main event and the men's survivors uh, series match brought it down a little bit. Yeah, but Let me check this. I'll keep going. I was I was talking to myself. But uh, I think we're gonna close it out. Um, remember when we said we weren't gonna do a three hour show? Yeah, we talked about news for like a fucking hour. <laughs> I kind of killed it. So we did a three hour and sixteen minute show. This is what we do around here and getting some color. It's a bi weekly show, so that it gives you enough content to keep you uh good for a week while we're not here. Do you have any final thoughts about the show overall though? Oh I oh my bad. Um <laughs> I thought that it was okay. Because I've always been a downer on Survivor Series for the past few years. I was like, oh, they do this whole like champion versus champion thing, which they did in this one, but they added NXT. And I think if NXT wasn't in this, I would not have re-upped my uh, WWE <clears throat> network. You would have missed War Games, though. Oh, I would have caught it somehow. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Like... The last time I thought there was, like, a really good Survivor Series was, like, uh... When Sting came back? Yeah, when they had, like, the whole angle where it's, like, the authority team versus the fuck authority team. Mm-hmm. And Dolph Ziggler had that really awesome run in the match. Yeah, where they and... where they teased that he was possibly gonna get pushed again, but then they were like, psych, motherfucker. Yeah, and they fucking fucked him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, that match had a lot of heat to it, man. And that's that's what I was gonna say. I'm getting into this where it's like, uh, yeah, we already talked about how it was really surprising they made NXT like look strong and prominent. Mm-hmm. And then um, something needs to happen <coughs> with the Survivor Series concept or something. Because I'm not saying get rid of Survivor Series. I think you absolutely should not do that. It's one of the original Big Four. It has to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of, this get rid of Hell in the Cell. Get rid of uh, yes. Get rid of the gimmick pay per views. Yes, this, they suck. I, I hate gimmick pay per views. They're just, except Royal Rumble. That's like the only one that's allowed to stay. Which apparently they signed some ECW uh, copyrights to have as pay per views. So uh oh, December to dismember. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, this fucking brand supremacy shit is so old and tired, and I'm so fucking tired of that. This was the only time they could revive it with some interest is just because NXT was involved in it. If they still keep on doing a little invasion angles a little bit, not not enough to be like every fucking week there has to be an invasion, but like a little bit of like, be like, hey, NXT is you know better than you guys and shit. 
and maybe doing like a little cross promotion, I wouldn't mind that. No, yeah, that would be okay. Um, Because that would make me want to watch your main show pay-per-views if you do that. Because if you didn't have your... uh, because the only main show pay-per-view I'm going to watch is obviously is WrestleMania. Because you never you never miss a WrestleMania and you never miss a Royal Rumble. Those are the two, nope. the two that I, you know, always watch every year. When WrestleMania season starts, I watch all everything from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. And the night after. Even Fastlane? Um, nah, sometimes I skip that. It depends on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh... Sometimes they have a pretty good card or what looks like it will be, and then it just ends up being meh. What do you do for Royal Rumble, by the way? Do you have a little party? Yeah, usually I try to do it with that one because usually, like, my philosophy is you can't really have a bad Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Just because it's, like, such a weird match, and it's, like, you get to see a lot of wrestlers, and anybody can understand how the Royal Rumble works. We, we it's got, very simple. We we got to think of a gimmick thing to do in our show for the Royal Rumble. Okay, like what do you want to do? I don't know. Maybe we uh, can predict certain things, or we could do a top twelve favorite Royal Rumble things. We'll think mm-hmm. of something. We'll we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, to me, Survivor Series is. At its best, when there's high stakes involved. Mm-hmm. When there's like, oh my god, the authority. is Can the authority hang on, or are they fucked? Or, like, the, the biggest one was the invasion. Like, the end of the invasion. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Oh my god, that match had so much fucking heat. If you go back and watch Survivor Series 2001, holy shit. Like, that, that was a hype match. You know what would have been really cool? If that in the Survivor Series match, uh, because NXT is now an official brand of the WWE because they're on TV now, and mm-hmm. they're also going to be in the Royal Rumble, that they get to choose uh, whoever makes the Royal Rumble. Like they, they get to be near the end, pretty much. They get to pick their 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 uh, entrance. Yeah, like, I, they, if they could come up with something to, like, if they're going to keep pushing this brand supremacy angle, they need to come up with some kind of, like, stakes or some reason to actually win besides, ah, we proved we're better, and it's over. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what's that mean? That means nothing. Like, like, what the fuck? And I'm always confused about, like, I feel really weird when, like, there's, I, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but during this whole show, when they had, like, it was mostly in the Survivor Series matches. When they had people that got their breaks in NXT, and that's the only, you know, like, that would probably be the only way they ever got any kind of attention. And then all of a sudden they're on Raw or SmackDown, they're like, yeah, fuck NXT. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> if you weren't Carmelo, if you weren't in NXT, you'd be fucking <clears throat> nobody. I'm just saying. That is true. And like, Kevin Owens was like the only one that like ever expressed anything like that. He's like, yo, honestly, I have loyalty to NXT. Like, yeah, brother, but like, no, I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> everybody else, I just thought that was really strange that they were all like that. <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's just Vince being like, I want you to be for Team Raw. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, I don't know. It was, it was just an okay pay per view. Hey, the the last AEW pay per view was better than this, in my opinion. 
<laughs> I, I guess it's something. <laughs> just just barely. Uh, really, it's only worth going back to see the Roddy, the, the triple threat match with Roddy, AJ, and Shinsuke, and the, I say the men's Survivor Series match, because those can usually be pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne, to see that too. Yeah, I would have to agree with your selection as well. Because um, the other ones, I was like, no, I don't want to see that shit. And especially, I don't want to see the main event ever, ever, ever again. That was a poor showing for them. I'm hoping it doesn't diminish their standing, though, in the company like or anything. Like They're like, wow, that main event was the shits. Well, we're done pushing you or something. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know shit like that happens. <clears throat> Sorry for coughing in your guys' ears. I've been getting through a cold. <laughs> and me trying to like reach over to mute the button on my mixer has been annoying like all night tonight <laughs> but um so i'm looking at the calendar and pretty much the next time we would do a podcast is pretty much into the fire because into the fire is on saturday you're not gonna pull a double duty you want to do a double duty I feel like we should because it, that's supposed to be special. That's just supposed to be for the show. Okay. Like we can do one on the 11th or the 10th or whatever the fuck you want to do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we do our little, we just watched it in the fire. Here we go. Blah, you know? Yeah. Cause we could possibly do that in the future as well than the ones we know we're going to do pay-per-view so that we don't have a long ass podcast. <laughs> yeah. That might help cut down on length for things. <laughs> Cause like, damn three hours. We did do two pay-per-views. So that's why maybe it was three hours. As yeah, well. That was the other thing. One of them was way shorter than the other, but yeah. Yeah. But I think we will end it here. Um, just keep an eye out for our next two which will be a twofer in one week where we're going to have our regular showing and then we're going to have Into the Fire pay-per-view of NWA. Um, if you want to catch more Getting Some Color, make sure to go to novnetwork.podbean.com. If you also want to watch a show with me, Zach, and Andy called Big Trouble Podcast where we talk about movies and video games, and, um, we're watching Klaus, Klaus, I always fuck Klaus. up Klaus, whatever. It's a movie. Walter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. They're in the ghetto. They kill people. We, we didn't do that joke. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> um, but we're watching that movie on Netflix, and we're going to be talking about that on Big Trouble next week because we're in the Christmas spirit. We're calling it the Jingle Balls or whatever special. But uh, I think we'll end it. So have a good night, everybody. And uh, Pile Driver! (laughs) Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.